Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I'm Steve, and I'm joined by my podcast partner, my tag team partner in podcasting. See, I always mess that one up. That's Jeff. Jelan, Jeff. You, can, you can... Yep. How are you? Well, you messed that up. <laughs> I know. I'm rusty. Okay. It's been a long, hard week. Yeah, this has been an interesting week, hasn't it? Um, when when last we met, it was before Rampage and SmackDown. Of course, the Royal Rumble occurred since then, and absolutely nothing since. Yeah, no, nothing's happened except for a lot of falls from grace. Uh, you wanted to entitle this episode Reversals of Fortune, and we're going to talk about a lot of reversals, um, including uh, Brian Craig. Brian Kendrick, mm-hmm. a guy that was itching for uh, he was itching for his release, and he got it. Be careful what you ask for. Not for the reasons zone. I I expected. Oh, absolutely, yeah, same, same. But uh, I guess Rod Sterling is uh, laughing somewhere because Brian Kendrick would definitely be an episode of the Twilight Zone somewhere. So. I mean, he uh, could have been on a lot of episodes of Garden of Doom until until the last part. <laughs> Would he be on the? I, I'm not sure if this has come out yet, right? Because I, I I haven't gone down the full rabbit hole of Brian Kendrick lunacy, but is he a flat earther? It would not surprise me. Um, I don't think he's a flat earther because he's a hollow earther, and the two don't oh. really go together, though they're not necessarily mutually mutually exclusive. Uh, Listen, I know a lot of people who are about the hollow earth, some quite literally, some that there's sort of like a dimensional sort of schism there, that when you go through the portal, you, you're not actually going to the center of this earth, you're sort of visiting a parallel earth where it is hollow, whatever it is. I've had people, clergy, tell me that the hollow earth is actually Eden, that's the bosom from whence... Adam put Jacob to his bosom. His bosom meant wallet, but back then the wallet really meant a pocket like a papoose. Oh, I've, I've heard it all. I, I know about the hollow earth. I know about the Nazi expeditions. I know about the, the portals in Antarctica. I, you know, I know about reptilians. I, I even knew about that there were reptilians tied to Jews and zionism and and but not exclusively like i, I, I you know I mean, we'll, we'll get to brian kendrick but yeah I, I i was well versed in all this except that brian kendrick espoused it and that he did so on video some nine years ago and then about five years ago i think again on the lillian garcia show i i don't even know the whole story jeff all i know is um you mentioned hollow earth and all I can think of when I hear of Brian Kendrick is hollow headed because this is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get into yeah, Well, okay. Yeah. You, you lead. I follow. We'll get into that. We'll get into Shane McMahon again. Another one. Everybody was excited to see him at the Royal Rumble. And then apparently not so much. Also, I like the idea of him being quietly let go. But yet all of social media knows that he was let go. go apparently not so quiet. Yeah, and, um, and the, the term let go is something we're going to explore a little further as well. Oh, sure thing. Uh, we got Ken Kennedy in the news, Ric Flair in the news, obviously Royal Rumble uh, 
thoughts and results. Um, and uh, AEW, we had MJF versus CM Punk. Some people said it was uh, the trigger got pulled too early. But uh, we'll get into all of it. But let's start with uh, these reversals of fortune. I think this is the big story. Oh, and we'll also talk about WWE earnings, uh, making uh, shareholders like myself a lot of money. So uh, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Brian Kendrick. So a couple weeks back, if everybody just you know forgot or failed to remember, Brian Kendrick. Uh, decided to, what's the right term here, Jeff? Um, Ask for his release. Yeah, but he was writing the coattails of Ali. So Ali started by asking for his release. And then like the following, either a couple days after that or a a week later, he was like. Just a week and a half after. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, I want my release too. And. uh... But Brian (laughs) Hendrick, I mean. I mean, there was a. I don't know what Ali did behind closed doors. I don't know if he spoke to the office first. I, I'm going to presume that he did. But Brian Kendrick, we know, talked to the office because it was reported that he asked for his release. He didn't tweet on social media, I want my release. I mean, that's that we found out about Ali from Ali's own tweets. Doesn't mean he didn't go to the office first. Doesn't mean he didn't talk to them first. But that's how we found out about the Kendrick situation. It was reported. So. Earlier this week, I guess, I forget what, because all of this news uh, was kind of rolling over each other, but I guess somewhere around Monday, Sunday or Monday, I guess it comes out that he's been released, he's let go. And I think it was and Tuesday, very- it came out that he was granted this release, and within minutes, there was the, the you know, the, the, the signpost, the, I guess you call it the thumbnail, of AEW Dynamite, John Moxley versus Brian Kendrick. And it was so quick, I thought it was a joke. But it turns out mm-hmm. that, that it wasn't. Um, so he was granted yeah. his release, already hired in place for AEW for one show, an arc, a contract. I have no idea. Nobody knows. <laughs> you know? Nobody knows. Only Brian Kendrick would know. And I guess anybody else that was, uh, you know, the reptilians would also know. Well, of but- course. I um I'm shocked to hear that anybody would be interested in seeing John Moxley versus Brian Kendrick in twenty twenty two. The same people who were interested in seeing John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta. So nobody. Uh no, there there are there are them. I don't know I know of one guy. I, well he's that's, probably that's... listening. Hi Caden. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. Um no, there there are a few, but you know, it would have been another, you know, 11 to 14 minute match that it need to be 11 to 14 minutes. Um, but let's let's not bury the lead. I mean, so apparently Brian Kendrick back in 2013 did a series of these sort of shoot interviews videoed. Um, he was 32 at the time. So it's not like he was a kid. Um, you know, it's not like he was a stoner in his fraternity room. Um as we alluded to at the top of the show, some of the stuff was fairly innocuous and pretty harmless, um, depending on where you go with them. Because uh, as, as most of you know, I've got a show called Garden of Doom, and I've gone down this rabbit hole, a bunch of these rabbit holes, plenty of times, and they don't often lead to the end result. Uh, as many times as not, they, they lead to perfectly innocuous other 
you know, fun stuff, interesting stuff, alternative history, myths, legends, what have you. But Brian went to Zionist reptilians and that the Holocaust was overblown at the and that the Red Cross certified that only 259,000 Jews were killed, not 6 million. Um, and that there was a justification to create the Israeli state by who I don't know, because uh, <laughs> I think he said the UN, the UN actually is, didn't ratify it. It, it. I mean, you know, not until much later anyway. Um, all of this, the, the actual history of it is, is unimportant for the purposes of this. This is lunacy. And, you know, so this made its way to, to public. It was all over social media. It came out that in 2017 on the Lillian Garcia show, he said some similar things. Uh, I didn't listen to it, so I don't know if they were, you know, if it was the innocuous stuff, the really terrible stuff, or a mixture of both. Um, so Tony Khan issued a tweet said, saying something to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we've learned some disturbing things about Brian today, and we've decided it's the best that he not appear on Dynamite's night, uh, and we're going to look into it. Okay. Yeah. Tony Khan called it abhorrent. And uh, no. that was two hours before Dynamite was going to air on the East Coast. And he said, we're pulling the guy. Well, listen, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to almost give, no, I'm going to give them a pass on this one because the, he, this has been out for almost a decade. And he's, you know, he was rehired by WWE in 2016. Um, and he's been around. People have known him, and people, I mean, all the time I heard people say, I love Kendrick in London, and I remember them talking about how they love Kendrick in London, because I didn't. <laughs> I mean, because they were smaller, flippy, floppy wrestlers. I wasn't interested in them. Um, yeah. So I, I was sort of always on the other side of that conversation, not not for any moral high ground, just because that's just not my preferred style. That's not what I think of when I think of wrestling, for me, for my enjoyment. Um Anyway, so, you know, AEW pulled him, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but I imagine that, you know, we may never hear about it again. Um, I, you know, it, it seems rather quick to for them to have formed a sort of long-term contract, but who knows? You have a, a man-child running that company. But, you know, no one else vetted them either. WWE didn't, didn't vet them in 2016. I mean, I don't know if they just thought it was past due or, or you know, or past the statute of limitations or whatever the case may be, but... You know, no one's really innocent here, including the IWC, who it seems like was easy enough to find it. But this is the first I'm hearing of it. Uh, and yeah, I was in hiatus from wrestling for a while, but I was back around 2014, 2015. I mean, you think that this kind of thing would have, you know, gotten out there and, and been public. But yeah, that was a reversal of fortune for Brian Kendrick. Uh, probably permanent i mean he issued some sort of apology saying these were never his views well i mean come on they were his views at some point so they, but you know he he sounds like he listens to alex jones i mean i don't but i i listen to howard stern and they make fun of alex jones all the time so i know enough of alex jones's uh nonsensical rantings uh to put two and two together and it sounds like brian kendrick is is uh jones adjacent he was saying that sandy hook was a sham right it's definitely jones adjacent. i mean that's probably where most people first learned of alex jones because he said that got sued lost uh and you know he's got millions of dollars worth of civil judgments against him uh over the sandy hook case but brian kendrick is 
adjacent to Alex Jones on the wrong side. He's even further. I mean, whatever Alex Jones thinks in his heart, I have no idea. But he, he and I'm sure a lot of his guests, I'm sure a lot of his supporters secretly are about the Rothschilds and, and Zionists and Jews. But I don't think Alex Jones, I think Alex Jones is more like one of those evangelicals is like, we get no Messiah unless Israel is is in the hands of the Jews. I mean, that that, that that's sort of the a really simplistic, you know, baseline for it. Now, once the Messiah comes back, you know, convert or die, you know, because that's what Revelation says. But anyway, we're going to get to that in a few minutes when we talk about Goldberg's return. Yeah, well, forget, when we when we when we do our Bible study portion, um, <laughs> do, do our Bible study Goldberg returns, but um. This Kendrick stuff, like nobody's. I, I I just thought this was hilarious because nobody was looking for Brian Kendrick this week, and no. the fact that AEW like put up a picture of him and was like, I can't believe it. Oh my god, I can't wait. Nobody wanted to see Moxley versus this guy. Like, right. what, Moxley's got like a whole two feet on this guy. Plus, plus, I mean, isn't Moxley a returning face? And wouldn't Kendrick coming in there be the face? I mean, shouldn't they have Moxley just going against? heels to make it pretty clear that they're not doing that heel turn they're supporting them in his, his recovery they're proud of him he, he got himself into great shape you know he he's still the face he's the hero and if he he turns heel it's not because he's facing other face it's not because he's facing faces or opposing faces it's because he he you know should turn on one of his friends or something but yeah you're right no you know Especially, you know, we heard Tony Khan say, I'm going to hire, I'm going to make a dream signing. We're going to get a big debut tonight. I mean, he was saying big debut. I mean, was this contract tampering? Did, you know, I mean, was this poaching? I was, like I MLW? Was gonna ask you, I was going to ask you that, uh, Jeff, since you are the legal scholar of the show. Like, isn't it a little coincidental that this guy asks for his release, then gets it granted, and less than that? Half a day goes by, and this guy's got a gig on AEW. It's really, really quick. But then again, I mean, it could just take a phone call. It could have just been a handshake thing. And the truth is, nobody really cared about Brian Kendrick. He was a trainer. Last we saw him, Harlem threw him down the steps. I didn't realize it was Brian Kendrick because he was such a tiny little fella. Uh, you know, and, and Harlem's a big guy, but he isn't like The Undertaker or Braun Strowman. Um, so it's very possible he was granted his release days earlier and just didn't get reported because so what? Um, I don't know. This whole, everything about it is weird, but yes, it, 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 it is very soon, very close. The, the chronology and the proximity raised my eyes, especially in light of, you know, the last two weeks we focused pretty deeply on the MLW suit. So these items were fresh in you know, my mind, at least obviously yours as well. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know WWE would care because it's, again, Brian Kendrick, who they granted their release to. You know, immediate, no non-compete. I don't know if the trainers have a non-compete, but it seems to me that Scotty Tuhati sat out for 30 days as, at least as well yep. before uh, doing any shows. So I think they would have. So they waived his 30-day non-compete. Uh, so there there might be some tampering there, and, and maybe WWE is keeping a little record of it in case they ever need to use it another time or or possibly even in the MLW suit to say this sort of happens all the time. MLW. I mean, I, don't, I still don't know who MLW's talking about was poached or attempted to be poached, but you know, and maybe they have records of other people who 
you know, had contract offers before their releases were granted um, from other companies, say Chris Jericho, John Moxley, you know, who, who, who knows what's out there that, that they have on servers and, you know, unsecure emails and stuff like that. I don't know. This is, this is rank speculation, but yeah. So that's reversal of fortune. One is um, Brian Kendrick, who probably a week ago was a darling. And right now is, you know, sort of like dog poo on the bottom of your shoe. I still don't understand why he's a darling. I'm, I'm, but I guess, I don't know. I guess he fits the AW mold, but does he though? I don't, I don't know. Like he's, Sure, old former WWE guy. Yeah, middling success. Yeah, I mean, it fits exactly their mode. But the reason he's a darling is because he was was associated with NXT 1.0, which everyone was romanticizing as as this giant success. But like everyone who he trained, they all spoke very highly of him. I mean, when somebody was getting retrained or was rehabbing from injury, everyone spoke very highly of him in, in that regard. I mean... I never heard anything bad spoken about him, but to be frank, I didn't hear much about him, period, except people saying, I love Kendrick in London. Yeah. All right, so let's pivot to Shane McMahon. So Shane McMahon, um, I guess we start off with the Shane McMahon uh, return on Saturday night, Royal Rumble. He enters the Royal Rumble to a pretty big pop. I want to say second or third to, let's say, Brie Bella's pop with the yes chant. Um, you know, I, I can't remember what other big pops happened, but I want to say Shane's was a big one. It was up there. Shane's song always gets a pop. It does. So Shane, um, you know, does some business in the in the Royal Rumble. Obviously, does Shane things, and Shane things include getting blown up within like the first <laughs> two minutes of being in the ring. Uh, and sweating profusely. So, you know, nobody thought he was going to win. He didn't do anything major in the Royal Rumble. So, I no, honestly, when, when well, he, he, was he outstruck was... Riddle, who's an actual MMA fighter. Right, I guess. But, I mean, I can see Riddle being cool with that just because it's Shane McMahon. Oh, Riddle doesn't and, care. And he's there. No, he doesn't. But that's why I think he would put over Shane in that fashion because he's just like, eh, whatever. Shane's a legend. Shane's the son of the the boss. But um, after the Royal Rumble, the next day, we start hearing all these rumors about people are displeased because Shane was one of the guys that was booking the Men's Royal Rumble. So this man went from not being involved in any type of creative, anything to do with WWE for quite some time, mm-hmm. months, maybe years. And now he shows up out of the blue to book the men's Royal rumble. This is where I start thinking like all of this news is a little, uh, suspicious and not to be trusted because again, I can understand, okay, he's Vince's son, and he's been in the business for as long as he's been alive, but out of nowhere, he just is asked to book the Royal Rumble, like, cold off the street, like... See, I I don't think that's the issue. I I mean, mean, first of all, the, the 
all the reports I'm hearing is that it was chaos. I mean, I was even reading things before the rumble. There was chaos. The plans were changing, that they had, uh, you know, as many as 10 extra legends and other stars and, and NXT people for each Royal Rumble in the back just in case. They were changing their minds as to who's going to be in it and who's not going to be in it. The order, the placement, that the Vince was upset. And I think this this is this is what I think happened is that Shane, who by the way has not had an executive position with WWE since 2016. He's actually an, an executive, I think he's like the chairman of some of another company. Uh, mm -hmm. He does have a talent contract with WWE. And I'm sure it's like Triple H's or Stephanie's. It's a per appearance, or and they they probably have a more generous retainer than you know, say you know, Aliyah has or whatever. Aliyah, <laughs> sure. um, but he doesn't have a. So I think maybe he's Shane McMahon. He's the son. He's got the right last name. Dad seems to be floundering. He's going to take control. And apparently, he bumped heads with Bad Bunny, which I mean, no bueno, right? No mas, no mas. <laughs> He, he he got into a Jamie Noble. He, he got into it with his dad. He got into it with, like, the people weren't happy already. And maybe he saw an opportunity to, you know, or maybe he saw a need and thought he was the guy to fill it. I don't know what his motivations were. And I'm speculating this whole thing. But it didn't go so well. Let me back up a bit. I did not hate the Royal Rumble. I actually, you know, more or less enjoyed it. But I have the overall. The overall pay-per-view. Yeah, but I have Peacock. I pay for it with Comcast. It comes with it. So it's just a Saturday night for me with five hours of content. Nice, mindless. I'm on Twitter. I'm reading things. I'm talking back and forth to people. It's a thing. It's a nice Saturday night home. I understand if you're a purist or if you're really focused on the matches, why you didn't like it. I mean, there were things I was disappointed in, too. There were things that I thought were terrible, but I was sort of laughing at some of the terribleness um some of the some of the stuff that we discussed and, and and argued about and i'm sure we'll get to it as well um but it was in hindsight it makes sense that things weren't planned and and that's why i believed all the stories leading up to the rumble that things were changing and people weren't happy and there was chaos because it looked clunky it looked discombobulated it didn't look rehearsed it it, it just felt in some places it, it felt slow and lethargic and and Things didn't make sense. And we'll talk about the Rumble in a little bit more detail. But apparently they just said, somebody said, Shane, this, this stunk. This, this is, we don't know what you were doing or whatever you did. It didn't work. And he just left. So it's not like he was released or let go. He's not an executive. He just went home upset. <laughs> and I, I guess he's like, <laughs> how he said, probably, you know, yelled, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not coming back. And don't ask me to come back later either. You know, or something like that. Right. But. I mean, I think it was more like that than they, you know, had like a, well, the board of directors had a meeting and we've decided to let you go. Sure. I I just don't think that he would be that involved. Like, I mean, I wanted to ask you this because earlier Saturday morning, we find out that Vince's mom passed away. Right. So Vince's mom, I think, was. 101. 101. Yeah, why did right? Shane McMahon putting himself in the rumble when his grandmother died like the day before? Well, I. I, I don't I don't know if one has to do with the other, but I think I was thinking when I was reading these reports, is it that Vince is like so like checked out or has his mind where his mom is or 
he seems to be that type of workaholic that like his mom dies and he's going to double down on work. That's we know Vince as the show must go on. He, if if right. we didn't know it before, we knew it the second Owen Hart died and the show went on. I mean, that, from that moment forward, we know the show is going on. His 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 mother at 101. I mean, he comes from a showbiz family. He's probably like, mom would have wanted me to be here to control. This is one of our major shows. Shane, right. however. <laughs> doesn't need to be there. <laughs> I mean, Shane, I, Shane I, probably wanted to be there. He did. I I don't understand what Shane is doing. I guess I can understand the idea of, okay, we need some guys to come in as surprises. And, you know, other than bringing back the guys we just released or leaning on some AEW guys that were just released, well, I mean, first of all, Shane wasn't a surprise, but I mean, he still gets a pop. That's undeniable. But I mean, he it's really for the it's really for the song. It's not for anything else. It's not like anyone really enjoys seeing him perform. Or if they do, it's it's whatever the angle is because you want to see him get his ass kicked. The Rumble really isn't right. that kind of. I mean, there, there was no there was no rivalry that that where there would be that payoff. Uh, and or nobody was got, really cheering for him to win, right? So I, I get yeah. I get that. And by but the time again, he entered, there were probably only six people in there. So it's not like he was going to start a rivalry with, with anyone at that point. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I saw one famous, one pretty popular wrestling podcaster say, what's Shane McMahon going to do at the Rumble? Why is he booking himself into into serious things? And so I, I think that he could have easily put over Austin Theory, right? Like, a you have Austin Theory in these angles with Vince. Mm -hmm. Why not have Shane book him into the jealous son type? Hey, who the who do you think you are? Sure, what are you doing? Shane, talking to my dad. So I'm Shane enters at seventeen. Not what are you coming in like twenty six, something like that. Right, right, right. Theory was already well, out by then. You're right. Correct. The, the son versus son. You know the 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 son that I've chosen versus the son that I'm stuck with. That's the story. Okay. Right. That that could have been the story, and I said, okay, you know, maybe Shane sticks around for WrestleMania for this match to put over Theory. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Sure. That there's business. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Shane did anything to put himself over. Yeah, he booked himself into. Again, if you believe all this. Shane booked himself into the Royal Rumble. But again, it, it's not like he booked himself to win the fucking thing. I don't think he, he eliminated anyone. Exactly. So I don't understand why everybody's like, so many people were upset with him up backstage. Like, maybe because he might have changed some stuff. All right. But Vince also changes a bunch of stuff. And again, you have the guy at whatever age Vince is now. What is he? 70, pushing 75, right? He's 76, and Shane, I think, is 51, 52. So you got these two guys that, hey, look, Nana Nana passed away. They're obviously emotional wrecks, probably. Mm. So they're going to take it off, take it out in some way, shape, or form of asserting control over this 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 booking. To me, the men's match um, wasn't as entertaining as the women's one. I really like the women's one because of all the legends that showed up nikki bella brie bella we talked about this last week alicia fox yes she's a wwe legend don't argue with me um melina number one i thought she was uh, or number two she was great 
Are we are we jumping into the? Into, you cannot say Melina was great. She fell off the ring. But, I know, and eliminated but, herself. No, I meant like just seeing her like in the ring. And again, I, I have a soft spot for her because, you know, she's. Uh, I or I ordered a cameo from her, and she like really put it over. Like best twenty five bucks I've spent on a wrestling. No, no. I mean, I was glad to see her, especially since you know it sort of furthers that fiction of the Forbidden Door thing because she's with NWA and. Recently, she was managing big casts in Southwest Fury, Texas, or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, she she's does does the indie circuit, and you know, and so, but I think people mostly know her now, if they know her at all now, from NWA. So you know, and Nikki James does work with NWA and Impact. So you know, there's a little of that you you know people can. Uh, exaggerated in their minds, just like they did with well, just like they do with every Forbidden Door, um, right? But yeah, I mean, as far as Shane is concerned, I don't really think he put himself over. I, I think they probably were more upset with him under my theory with how he tried to book the rest of the match and assert control of it. And if he did really assert control over the booking of the match, they have a right to be upset with him. But I mean, the Rumble was sort of the men's Rumble was sort of doomed before he even got there because of. Who they populated it with, um, they didn't have a lot of slots for surprises, and and the surprises weren't really surprising. I mean, I think the only one that was a surprise surprise was Bad Bunny, and we saw pictures of him there. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, they were really, you know, even like innocuous surprises, like there was no one from NXT, not a soul from NXT in either Rumble. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I mean, Nick Aldis was backstage. They they could have they could have called him into duty, I suppose, if he had his gear and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people would have known who he was. To be frank, no disrespect to him, but it's not necessarily the same crowd. Um, but that would have been cool. That would have been the talk of the you know IWC. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, this this yeah. they had so many tag teams in that it was never really all that interesting to me. But let's right. let's oh do the rumbles sort of in an well. Do you want to do the men's rumble then double back? I yeah, I guess so. We can jump into that. And I I, I don't like seeing tag teams in the Royal Rumble. Like I, I was thinking that when I saw Otis, and I was just like, God, they could have been anybody else. Chad Gable is entertaining. Otis, meh. Like I don't really think Otis is gonna win. I mean, you wasted a roster spot with Johnny Knoxville. I understand. Mm-hmm. He's pushing a movie, so he's actually paying. Essentially, he's being paid for paying WWE for his entrance into the Royal Rumble. Well, you also see that. Um, I mean, they furthered that that Sami Zayn was on the red carpet and Johnny Knoxville chased him away with a cattle prod. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this is you know it's on TMZ and stuff, but yeah, I mean, you got Johnny Knoxville, you have Bad Bunny, and Shane McMahon. I mean, I can't think of any surprises, but you're right. I mean. You didn't. You didn't need Otis and Gable. You didn't need Dawkins and Ford. You didn't need Rude and Ziegler. You didn't need Dominic and Ray. I mean, God knows Dominic got just tossed in and tossed out, which is, was a small mercy. Uh, yeah. But there were other tag teams that were in there also that you didn't need. Uh, boogs you, know, you didn't need in there. You, you didn't need boogs. You certainly didn't need Nakamura. I mean, just like Sasha Banks, they were injured wrestlers that they put in in the beginning to. You know, I guess be a swerve on on people, but neither one of them lasted long enough. Uh, and Nakamura, I mean, he was he was out before I think the fourth or fifth contestant was in. Sasha, at least she she hung around for a while, 
So there was, you know, some, some belief and she, you know, got herself dressed up in her Sailor Moon anime outfit. So people thought she made a big deal of it, that she'd be there for a while. But like, you know, Sasha and, and Nakamura were both just coming off injuries and obviously were not 100% or they were being careful with them. But Nakamura didn't need to be in there. Boogs actually at least did some interesting, he did some gorilla presses with people and, you know, whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, there was there was an utter lack of surprise in the men's rumble. But the, the other problem I have with We the didn't men's even rumble, get Corey Graves. Right, no Corey Graves, right? which is fine. <laughs> you know, I'm not upset, but there were, I mean... With this whole forbidden and so many people being free agents and not all of them being mad at WWE, you could have had you could have brought in big casts again with no pun intended, no impact on any forbidden door, but you would have gotten all the talk because he's on a handshake deal, basically a short-term deal deal with impact, whatever. Um, he could use his new name and they said we knew him as big cast, but 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 he's, he's W Morrissey now. I mean, I'm not saying he's spectacular, but it would have at least been interesting. But my biggest problem with the Rumble, beyond what, what we've already talked about, is that there never was a time when there were like 11 or 14 people in the ring where it was chaos. There was always like a small population. Like the the exits were too soon. At the end, it was down to like five or six. And so when they're calling in like 24 through 30, there's only for the six other competitors in the ring. There was never that. It never felt like a battle royal at the time. Um, mm. The women's rumble, at least at times, there was lots of people. Now, there was lots of really bad wrestling, but I just took that as comedy. <laughs> I didn't even notice that badly. Oh, my God. I just like, but you Kelly know Kelly didn't what, even look what, like a wrestler. <laughs> you know, But you know what? The women's spots had... The women's rumble had spots that were interesting, right? You had... The Nikki A.S.H. spot with uh, Molly Holly. That was pretty funny. I honestly thought, and I tweeted this out on our handle, the the interaction between Nikki A.S.H. and Molly Holly was just worth the creation of Nikki A.S.H. I was, I was watching this with my kids, and they laughed so hard, and they don't even regularly watch WWE with me, second. but... Were, were they laughing so hard because you were making, uh, you know, a whole big scene of yourself jumping up and down going, oh, 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 oh. so they were feeding no, off of no. you or was it spontaneous? It was spontaneous. They love that. And they love the ivory spot. Like when, when she came in with the mic and then she got like thrown out real fast. Like they love that. I thought that was kind of wasteful. Um, I didn't like the Nikki Ash, Molly Holly thing. Molly Holly is an old lady at this point, but I mean, <laughs> Okay, he but I could, I could see what you're saying. I mean, it, it, superhero versus superhero, but one's really a supervillain. I mean, it, it, the confrontation at least made sense. I mean, probably how I feel the same way about the Bellas, you know, hitting Alicia Fox after they all do the Team Bella, you know, shield fist bump, and then Brie getting revenge on Nikki and, and clobbering her out to, you know, pay her back from four years ago. I mean, yeah, the, 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 those little callbacks, however goofy they might be, it, it was fine. Brie also didn't look like. I mean, Brie and Kelly Kelly were terrible. Um, McCool looked pretty good. Now she was in there too long for me, but she looked pretty good. Right. Uh, Summer Ray, that was sort of the whole thing was weird. I was disappointed I, by Summer Ray. I liked. Uh, you know who surprised me was Aaliyah. Aaliyah hung in there for quite some time. Yeah, they had her in there a long time, which was that was weird to me. I mean, we were both wrong. You picked Rhea. I picked Bianca. Um, I mean, there were rumors about Ronda, Ronda. And, you know, so we can use that as an excuse. Um, 
you know, for both rumbles really um because it's hard to you know book based on that but plenty of people made those predictions um i am not criticizing ronda because like when we spoke last week i'm like ronda she have a baby like a year ago she had a baby four months ago um so of course she's not in ring shape she's probably not in you know forget about her shape she's probably not in regular shape yet um so obviously she was rushed back into it but Rhonda's, you know, if she's in it, she wins. I mean, that, that's what best, best for business. I think it would have made more sense given the ring rust and give her a chance to get into shape and train just for wrestling and whatever. And she probably would have felt better about it to do what I had booked, which would be a confrontation with her with whichever person she wants to after the rumble or after a match. Um, but, you know, it, had I known Rhonda was going to be there in there and believed it, I would have picked Rhonda too. I mean, it, Duh. I mean that that's the big money match. This is this is what WWE does now. They they book for major events to increase public eye, mainstream attention, and to get the most eyes, the most results for Peacock. Absolutely. And that's what makes sense. I don't understand why everybody was so upset with the results, saying, Oh, they should have taken the opportunity to push somebody. Let's face facts, everybody. WWE is having a tough time selling out Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium in Dallas for WrestleMania. Not just for one night, but for both nights. So you think for a second that there's a realistic shot for them to allow Riddle to win, Austin Theory to win, somebody like that, somebody like... I saw so many comments online about they should have taken the opportunity to push some new stars. Are you fucking kidding me? They can't sell out this fucking football arena and they're going to have to give it to, 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 to somebody new to make a start. This is not that this is about getting mainstream eyes on the product and who better than Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. It makes perfect sense. Those are the big money matches, Brock and Roman. And, you know, and we'll talk about Raw in a little bit, but the way they booked it makes sense for at least the story leading up to there to, to get ratings. But also, it's not just about selling tickets, it's about getting people to watch it. It's about getting in-show sponsors. It's about Peacock being able to charge more rates in the future for the live events because this year's rates, uh, they've already been paid. Uh, but, right. you know, WWE is constantly working on sponsors. They're working on contracts with streaming services in other countries the hulu rights for the re-airing of wwe programming on the week delay i guess for uh raw i think it's raw nxt and smackdown on hulu by the way no one ever talks that hulu's owned by disney as well i mean no one's ever like "Ooh, disney's buying wwe they own hulu they hear about disney indonesia and they're like disney see disney's buying wwe i mean okay Folks, there's there's a Disney enterprise any place where there's an audience that that, that can get streaming, uh, and and it's gonna you know so there's gonna be a Disney Malaysia, there's gonna be a Disney Japan, there's gonna be you know whatever mm. it is. A anyhow, so by the way that but those rights for Hulu that those are expiring and there's going to be contract negotiations and probably other bidders and players. So I think that's coming up really soon. I think that's coming up between now and WrestleMania. I'm sure they would like to get a nice fat contract. I think saying, hey, Ronda versus Charlotte, Brock versus Roman, the whole world's talking about it. We're going to have Sammy versus Johnny Knoxville. 
Uh, Bad Bunny's going to be there. Um, yep. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I understand why a wrestling purist isn't thrilled with it, but to not understand it, to think that Matt Riddle ever had a chance or Austin Theory had a chance now, that, that that's just silly. Or AJ will get one last run. What, this is his last year? But if he's going to get the run, it's going to be during sort of like off-peak season time. Yeah, like the talk about AJ Styles versus Edge for a title. Like these guys don't need a title for that match. They do. And, you're absolutely right. And, and oh, and Big E, you know, that was my pick for the men's. But the the, the Saturday they they announced he's back on SmackDown. Now I heard you know some people say, oh, it's just because Xavier's hurt, and so they want uh, Kofi to have a tag team partner. But it sounds like it's permanent, and of course that fits with my you know, my preconceived notion that he was going to be a bad champion. The fact that he was a sort of middling champion and the fact that they took the title off him rather quickly. Um, but yeah, this was, know, that's a demotion. Was, I agree with you. I think this was a great opportunity for them to like really build them back up. And they yeah. didn't, they pivoted to do something else. Even like Biggie's showing in the rumble, like, if he wasn't going to win, at least book him strong. Have him eliminate the most guys. Not mm -hmm. even that, Jeff. They didn't even no. do that for the guy. Like, no, he exactly. barely showed up. Right. And and listen, he's still doing the goofy stuff. He's still clapping the New Day Rocks thing. He's still doing the, the pelvic gyrations, all the things they shouldn't be doing. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. The IWC cried foul. And maybe it's foul, maybe it's not. But maybe they just decided, no, that, that's him. He's a, he's a mid-card tag team guy. And... Listen, you can have a lot of success doing that. He's had a lot of success doing that. So maybe it is what's best. But I there is one mitigating factor, and I figured it out late, and I, I apologize to the audience for being slow. The reason why all this is rushed and they booked the entire Elimination Chamber match already the first week of Raw instead of taking three weeks to build it is because the next two weeks are going to be on sci-fi because of the Olympics. So I think they sort of felt that the, the, to build it, they had to get it done and promote it because they're going to lose, you know, two thirds of their audience the next two weeks to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, so if you're saying, Hey, they could have had, you know, Brock didn't have to win the rumble. He could have won a qualifying match to get into the elimination chamber. Yes, he could have, but guess what? I guess he, he's not on the contract to wrestle on a raw. Um, and they, they wanted them in the elimination chamber match. So that's, that's the way they figured to do it. And they want the most eyes possible to see it reportedly three and a half million people or something like that watched uh the rumble on peacock i have no idea about regular pay-per-view buys or international views no, no idea whatsoever um but you know say what you will Pe people are interested in brock and why not he, he looks he looks like a human had had copulated with a silverback gorilla <laughs> jeff let's talk about the rest of the card i mean we talked about the Royal Rumble winners and um, why that makes sense, but let's talk about Roman versus Seth. That's the match that opened the show. What were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was spectacular. I thought these two guys might have just worked themselves into um, a WrestleMania match. And then rumors afterwards, again, a lot of rumors coming out of WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble. One of which saying, nobody knows what the what the main event's going to be yet. I can see why after this weekend. Your thoughts? Yeah. 
I, I think the match was good. It, out of all the matches, I think it's the one that got tampered with the least. Um, I, I think it was the one that was most pre-planned and pre-packaged. Um, they did a good job. I mean, Seth got all the stuff in. He did his, his frog splash. He did his curb stomp. Roman kicked out of everything. He put the guillotine on. It looked like he was killing Seth. And the, the little Nate was doing the old-fashioned you know, raise your arms three times, which they sort of have abandoned, but I guess they were doing it. First two, Seth's arm flops right down. The third one, Seth's uh, hand uh, catches the rope and, and he maintains control of it. Now, no, this that's not, not what it looked like. That's not what it right. looked like to me, Jeff. It, it, it looked, looked, it looked like, like Little left. H threw his it, hand on the rope. Right. It did look that way. That's a, it was, it was poorly done. And frankly, he didn't need to do it. He could have done the old Hulk Hogan thing where, the, the, the arm's about to fall down, but he catches at the end and, you know, sort of uh, gyrates his hand a little bit to make it look like he's aware. And then he could have grabbed the rope on, on his own. A um, little bit of a dusty finish. But, yeah, it looked like, you know, Seth is certainly deserving of a rematch. We, I was pretty sure it was going to happen in the elimination that, uh, chamber. Um, but, you know, at least for the time being, because card subject to change, but for, at least for the time being, we find out the next day that because of Seth's performance, even though he was about a second away from being choked out, he has earned a spot in the Elimination Chamber match. Just like Brock, he can just put himself in the Elimination Chamber match um, without having to go to a qualified match. But we'll, we'll get into that. But, but yeah, the, the, this match was fine. And listen, I don't mind NWA booking when the rest of it is good. I mean, I think the NWA booking, when it's good, is fun. Um, and this... Uh, this card had a lot of NWA booking odds, just that most of it wasn't very good. This was good. For, the, for those that might not be aware of what you're talking about, explain that. What is NWA booking? Goofy finishes, like swerves, like strange DQs. Uh, somebody gets themselves disqualified by brutality or, you know, or in a, you know, uh, the, obvious ways uh, somebody pretends that you know someone gets banned and they put a mask on and nobody can recognize them you know they, they call them dusty finishes but like right. a dusty finish refers to everything now like anything yeah. with a square but sort of like like old-fashioned goofy wrestling finishes <laughs> it's sort of what i call nwa booking and and specifically i mean like nwa booking i mean they're still doing it now but but like nwa booking when they first came back those first 10 weeks when it was when it was pretty enjoyable I like what the DQs when you kick too much ass. Right. The, right. Like, the, yeah. Charlotte like did that with Tony Storm. Right. 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 Oh, you're kicking too much ass. <laughs> you're disqualified. Right. And for those of you who say, oh, that's terrible booking. Well, you didn't mind when, when Jay Briscoe did it to EC3 and Ring of Honor three months ago. That was great. Right. Right. So I love the, the, this match. I thought it was excellent. And I really thought these guys made the case for WrestleMania. And I want to get to my th prediction of WrestleMania cuz I've got a feeling I know what the what the main event is, but we, we we'll have talk three about months that. for that. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that uh for um when for we two months. cover Raw for Elimination Chamber and okay. the card. Um let's talk about the other match, the big marquee match of this uh premium live event and that was Brock versus Lashley. I'm impressed at your your prowess, Jeff, because you called this pretty much on the nose. You said possibly the Usos might run in, yeah. but it wasn't the Usos. 
it was actually Roman Reigns. It was better. Actually, what, they, what they did was better. Right. So, Jeff, I guess, uh, you know, were you, I was surprised to see Heyman, the Heyman swerve happen so quickly. I was under the impression they would wait till WrestleMania to then cost the Brock the match at that point in time. But they pulled the trigger here. They did not wait. I hear rumblings that this was supposed to be the finish of day one, but Roman was positive with COVID, so they had to delay it a month. Um, and to your point, you said the Roman, the Roman Seth match might have been the one that was least fucked with. Um, I want to say this had a mix of probably what Roman and Seth. Uh, Roman, sorry, Roman and Brock was supposed to be at day one, but um, they inserted Lashley, and Lashley looked strong. I was concerned leading into this match that Brock was making too many jokes on Lashley, that uh, Lashley didn't look strong, and he comes out of this looking strong and a champion. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, you remember, I, I said I'm I'm talking myself into this, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, we're pro Lashley. I'm going to ride that horse. You were proud of me, the whole thing. And then when I heard that Big E was being moved to SmackDown, I'm like, holy shit, I'm right. He is going to win. And now I, you know, I still thought it was the Usos. I, I, it never even occurred to me until it happened that it, it was Roman that was going to do it. And then they were, they were going to do the swerve now. Cause like you, I think it's a little soon. Um, but I guess they want to get that, that, that promotion going anyway. Um, I think that the first two thirds of this match was more or less exactly what you thought a Brock Lashley match was going to be the test of strength, the, the neither one, anything you can do, I can do better. You can't hurt me. No, you can't hurt me. Uh, a lot of those suplexes, you could see Bobby, like it, it seemed like he, he wasn't taking it on his back. He was taking it on his right shoulder. Right. I, that didn't seem like a good idea to me. It seems like your back is where you're supposed to take it. Um, I, I was a little bit concerned why he kept turning. Like, did he have a neck stinger or something? Or yeah. you know, why, why is he angling that way? Or, you know, is he too heavy for Brock? That doesn't make any sense, but maybe he is. I mean, Brock looks great, but he is 42-ish or whatever. And Lashley's, you know, 280 pounds. Um, anyway, but the first two-thirds of it was was exactly what I thought was going to be. Then it got to, like, this slow sort of doldrum pace. Uh, and then I thought that I, I didn't really like how Lashley sort of looked sort of helpless. Um, obviously, it was saying for the Roman spot, but it doesn't seem like the timing was exactly right. Now, in the Seth match, you could see the Roman, his left eye, he got a cut above it. Yes. The puff up. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to get the swelling down and it was taking a little, little longer than they thought because there was just some bruising, but the bleeding was stopped. And, you know, his eye didn't look like it was swollen any longer. Anyway, whatever it was, you know, it, it seems like maybe that was sort of a last-minute addition to the booking. Then Roman came, Lashley got the title, and then the whole thing with Paul Heyman where he hands Roman the belt, you know, Roman clobbers Brock, tosses the belt away like it's garbage, and Paul, you know, you could tell it wasn't Paul, I'm afraid you're going to beat, beat me up if I don't give you the belt too. I'm with him. Um, yeah. So. I mean, I thought that was well done. I mean, I, I thought that was a, I thought that was a, mm -hmm. a good end to the show. I think the bookend matches were good. I thought the women's match, as we talked about, was fun, funny, maybe sometimes unintentionally. 
Um, I didn't love the guest as much as you did. I would have liked to have seen Camille or someone else go in there as well. Um, you know, we already talked about Rhonda. By the way, Rhonda, everyone's saying that like she has a one-year contract. I'm not clear if it if she has one year left on her existing contract or she has a one-year extension or she had no contract and they signed her to a one-year, but apparently her contract runs through next WrestleMania. I can tell you right now, Rhonda's in WWE for the foreseeable future, like, and probably more than that, because Rhonda, even this time around, she, <laughs> God love her. She tries so hard to be a badass. Oh, mean mugging at the WrestleMania sign, point at the sign, look angry. But you can tell so much that she is such a fangirl and she is so happy to be there that like on her walk backstage after she wins the rumble, she's smiling and she's fighting it and she's she loves the adoration from the fans she loves looking around she's she can't hold herself back like she's she's very giddy i don't see her leaving wwe oh well i mean she might have another kid i, I mean i i don't know i don't want to predict any of this stuff with who shrek her husband shrek yes shrek with shrek Thank you. i mean it it takes a mythological creature to keep up with the oh, baddest woman on the planet um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I forgot just how bad, bad she is at promos and, you know, maybe she'll get looser. Yeah. I, I don't know that, that it, it was, I mean, just because she is who she is, it's, it's forgivable. And cause we know where she did. I mean, it wasn't like Brandy cringe, but it, it, you know, but if, if she had been in wrestling for the last three months and she was still doing that, it'd be like, no, not, yeah. the, the same it, hon. But, um, I can tell you right now, I did not miss uh, Becky Lynch calling her Ronnie, you little, you little weirdo. I like the little weirdo, but I don't need the oh. Ronnie. The funny thing is, there was a, the, the the first news after the Rumble was that Vince was unhappy with the lack of stars. And I'm just like, well, you fired 250 people in the last two years. And then all the reports were that, you know, the, fir the first after the Rumble, the, the reports were... Shane has been booked for every show between now and like the end of eternity. And, <laughs> and so my re other reaction. So Vince is unhappy with the lack of star power. So his answer is Shane. And then like the, the sun goes down, the sun comes up and I was like, everyone hates Shane. Shane's gone. Sh Shane's been quietly released. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you tweeted out. <laughs> you tweeted out. Okay. So reports are Shane's booking himself into everything. He's going to be on every Monday night raw. Watch Monday Night Raw. Shane's not there. <laughs> like, right. which one? Which one is right? No, obviously, I felt like these 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 reports are. This is that was another sign where I thought, yeah, these reports are bullshit about Shane. Like, well, Eric it. Bischoff. I mean, talk about well, Shane's one reversal of fortune. The Royal Rumble maybe is one because I think they saved themselves. Um, but Eric Bischoff and Dave Meltzer. Eric Bischoff, you know, who sort of you know. A few years ago, remember, he was hired to run SmackDown, and everyone said he didn't do his job. He moved his family from Wyoming. They fired him four months later. Sent yes. back, and everyone's like, WWE sucks. It's heartless. It's heartless. Eric Bischoff really didn't say too much about it, but he sort of, you know, said things between the lines. He made a few appearances on AEW. Then he got into some public spats with Tony Khan. And now he hasn't, you know, been able to keep WWE out of his mouth. He's making, he's marrying The Miz. He's on TV all the time. Uh -huh. and, and, and he's taking shots at AEW all the time. And now he's taking shots at Meltzer and saying, saying, you're a parasite. You have been making half a million dollars a year for the last 50 years. 
writing crap that you, about a business that you know nothing about, have never been in, and making stuff up. You don't know any news. You just make stuff up. And I mean, I, you know, whatever it is, I, I don't know who's right or wrong or whatever, and there's probably a combination, but it, I mean, what a beautiful rat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that uh, this is just heating up. I mean, again, we, we are in WrestleMania season, so. But I don't think this is a work. I mean, I think this is, I mean, I think Bischoff is doing a shoot work. Like, I think he wants to get this off his chest, but the work is to, to stay in the good graces of WWE and, and keep those checks coming. Um, oh, without a doubt. Or to, you know, be Cornette's heir apparent, even though I think Cornette's about seven or eight years younger than him. Um, but yeah, the, the Rumble match. So we, we so in between, there was the Becky Dewdrop match. And this was a disaster. This I would say that this was the worst match of the night except for the next match, which was terrible. But you can almost give that one a pass because you have two sort of non-wrestlers in it. But I won't. But this Becky Dewdrop match was slow, cumbersome. It never looked like Becky had a chance. And when people say... Jeff, you're stupid that you don't like the small wrestlers. You notice that the same people sort of like make fun of Rio and say, how can Selena beat Ronda Rousey or, you know, but but it's perfectly okay that Johnny Gargano can beat up Keith Lee, you know, in their world. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, double standard there. Anyway, unimportant. It just, it, it never looked like Becky was comfortable. It do drop looked like she was slow and lethargic. Now it may be because this, you know, Shane rebooked the whole match or whatever it was, or they changed the whole time <laughs> and the story. I I have no friggin' clue, but this match was just plumb bad. But you know, you know, I, I got all of the regular matches right, so I'm I'm proud enough about that. And um, the sign was on fire, right? This was the match where the WrestleMania sign caught fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe that was distracting. Uh it, it could have been on uh, now. You know, uh, Andrew Carlock, who's, who's going to be on our show in a couple of weeks, who's one of the original co-hosts of Wrestling Soup, and he's uh, also on the Soup Network with False Count Radio. He was in the arena. Now, he didn't, he wasn't right under the sign or that close to it, but he reported on Wrestling Soup that he didn't really see, like, much commotion. It's not like people were being evacuated. And if they were moved from their seats, it was for a very short period of time. You know, maybe they were asked to go into the aisle or to get a Coke or something. Um, but you know, there wasn't a giant emergency. Then again, the sign recaught on fire at the end of the show. So, you know, if this is the same sign they're gonna be using between now and WrestleMania, they 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 best do some safety checks on that one because they're not always gonna get that lucky. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, we um a couple of the guys from Unpopular Review were were actually seated right behind the WrestleMania sign, so we got some video of that. Oh, oh, please tell me someone got burned. Please tell me someone got burned. Please someone tell me. No, nobody got burned. Nobody caught on fire? Nobody caught on fire. That would have been great. Finally caught on fire. <laughs> Running around like a like a White Walker from uh, Game of Thrones after the dragon lights him up. Yeah, Dave, that would be David. <laughs> it, would, it would definitely be David. Uh, like, wouldn't, ah, be my, fire. wouldn't be my first choice, but yeah, it definitely would have been David for sure. <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> um, I guess the last match that we need to talk about um, was Ms. Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Um, I, after a couple of these matches, I totally forgot this was on the card, and I thought that they gave them a little more time than they needed. Yeah, agree, 
a good 30% more time. Um, this, the Beth hair things bothered me the whole time. They're saying she's doing an homage to Luna Vachon. It seemed like she was doing homage to John Morrison from a year ago. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I know that Beth hasn't, you know, been wrestling for a while and she's only been training, you know, heavily since she, you know, sort of left the NS, NXT desk. Maurice, I don't know what she was doing. Her work with the brick and the purse was bad before. It was even worse in this match. <laughs> this, this match was clumsy and terrible. I mean, it was a Gaga match, but as a Gaga match, it should have been seven and a half minutes, not 14 minutes. It was too long, but as I told you, the faces have to win this match, and the faces did win this match. And good thing I was right, because if it wasn't, it meant that it, it means it would have had to have continued. Um, and it looks like it's not going to, so thankfully... But yeah, the, this was terrible, and these these were two back to back bad matches. But the first one's definitely more disappointing because I mean, Pete, there's a lot of people who are hopeful for Dewdrop, and there's a lot of people who really like her and liked Piper Nevin's work, who think she's a great wrestler. Maybe she is, and you know, Becky is is generally considered or was considered a top wrestler, and she hasn't really put on great performances since she's been gone, and her and her heel character is sort of flailing and. Her outfits are weird. Like they're they're not even like they're not even like flattering heelish. Like Charlotte does it so much better. Her just like none of it's working, and so it's making the whole Bianca thing look worse. Uh, you know, I and I'm still convinced Bianca and Becky is the match in WrestleMania, and Bianca will win and get her belt back. And it can't happen quick enough because um, something's got to change with 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 Becky. It seems like whatever positive she energy energy. She had, she lost, and slowly it's been siphoned away to Seth Rollins, who ruins everything, but is almost becoming tolerable. Almost. Probably just a KO and, and working with Roman and the Shield stuff. But, like, however less interesting Becky's gotten has transferred positively to Rollins, who apparently is also stealing her clothes. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I don't really feel the same way like about the Dewdrop Becky match. It was just me. I, 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 I knew I knew coming off of um, when did they put this match? It was after after the women's rumble. Right after the women's rumble, they put it was out. right after the women's rumble. I was like, "Ooh, this is a rough spot to come in after." Because it should have been the opening match. It. I don't even know if that which one the rumble or or Becky versus Dewdrop. Becky versus Dewdrop. I don't know because I don't know if they would have. Well, the Gaga match could have been first. The Gaga match could have been because I think fans were were you know into that. But you had Seth versus Roman that actually opened the card, right? So mm -hmm. that was a good match. Then you had the Women's Rumble, that was an entertaining match, and so you're in about an hour and a half, I think, at this point with the energy. And the enthusiasm, and then you've got to walk into Becky versus Dewdrop, and I knew like, oh, this is not going to be well, not going to be good. And basically, three women's matches in a row, two hours of women's wrestling, and 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 some bad wrestling to boot. I don't, I don't mind the women's wrestling as much. I I actually enjoy it sometimes more than the men. Um, Careful, I you're running thought... for office. I just thought, uh, I just thought, uh, it, it's just, it's, you can only run hot, so hot with the, with the, with the booking of back-to-back -back matches. And I thought, all right, you just got a banger between 
Seth and Roman. You've got this women's match that was really entertaining. And you've got the high of Ronda Rousey coming back and winning. It's going to be a hard, hard feat for Becky and Dewdrop to try and one-up it. So why even bother? Right. And I and think that's what was what was the result of the match. Possibly. And, and, and here's where it was a mistake to have all your other title holders in the Royal Rumble. Because you couldn't even put a title match, like a U.S. title match or, or you know, something in between to, to get just a, a good hard-hitting banger of a match. I mean, I know that there's no program for them, but let's just say that they uh, did title, you know, did uh, Sheamus versus Damian Priest or something, you know, or whatever. Right. That, that, you know, that, that could have been something that was a fun hard-hitting match for nine minutes. You know, like right. give them something like that. Anyway, I, you know, I enjoyed the Rumble probably more than I should have. I'm, I'm, you know, it's never something I'm going to go back and watch again, but that's not, that's not unusual for me. I don't typically rewatch wrestling period. I get why people hate it, but I also think that some people want it. I mean, I saw a JD from New York uh, tweet. It was putrid. I saw Jason Solomon say, say it was the worst Rumble he's ever seen or one of the worst Rumbles in years. I mean, I didn't think. I, I just didn't think it was that bad. I, I mean, neither did I. I thought it was very entertaining. The men's one sucked because there wasn't like these big surprises, but I wasn't expecting a ton of surprises either. Because again, you do the math, you figure out, okay, these guys are the guys that they've already announced. You're not really leaving much to, to surprise. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, and listen, if they wanted to think about it, they could have done pre-show injuries or changes or whatever. You think anybody would have complained if, if you know, Dolph Ziggler never got announced and someone else did? No. I mean, but but they don't think that hard about stuff like that. Or if they do, they do it on, you know, for the two matches. And that seems to be, you know, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. And that, that's mm-hmm. sort of the, their extent. But I anyway. think the, big, the biggest surprises during the men's match to me were – Kofi and the mist, the botch, um, oh. with uh, hanging onto the rail. Yeah, and that happens sooner or later. And what was the other one? Getting old, thought? just off a knee injury. I mean, you know, maybe it's a sign. It's it's time for him to stop doing the nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Or or like, you know, pass the torch. Let Ricochet do shit like that. Like. He doesn't need yeah. to do it anymore. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, remember I said, you know, like Reggie can do the Kofi stuff. I mean, so right. I don't want to, I don't want to be like I was predicting the, the Kofi doom, but I mean, you know, I'm, and I'm also glad Reggie was not in the Royal Rumble, but the, but the Royal Rumble is a great match for a guy like Reggie who can use, who can use acrobatics and evasion and jumping and do woos and wahs, uh, you know, that people, you know, look at instead of wrestling because he really can't wrestle it. I mean, it's the perfect exhibition for him. You know, right. and and it could have been, you know, like for instance, forget about you know any of the like take out Bobby Roode because there was no use to him, and the only use to him was sort of the AJ Bobby Roode standoff, and then Bobby Roode gets eliminated 15 seconds later. So it's yeah. it's not it, it's 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 not even a story about you know old TNA guys, you know, you know, and then like they could have if but if they wanted to, they could have you know maybe had Joe come in or LA Knight, you know, or whatever. And and built upon that, and then maybe have a real an impact guy, whether it's W. Morrissey or Heath Slade or Rhino or Moose. Anyway, we we we've already talked about the Rumble. I don't want yeah. to do that anymore. I give it a C plus. <laughs> you were like, I don't understand why everybody thought it was abysmal. I really liked it. C plus. C plus is a seven point seven five out of ten. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it. I. I 
not my favorite rumble, but it was very entertaining. I liked it. It was I would having it. these events on Saturday night makes them so much easier to enjoy than Sunday right? night. Sunday night feels like work. And then I'm yes. dreading that there's gonna be like six more recap podcasts that I have to listen to the next day to hear about it, or into the wee hours of the morning. And there's there's always a 50-50 chance someone will contact me to do a recap podcast. No one did this time. Um, but you know, so like I, I sort of dread the Mondays after it. So the sun, this is great. It's like it's like a, it's like a free day. It's like I feel like I got a vacation day. Yeah. So well, raw. Yeah, let's talk about elimination chamber and raw. Okay. Um, well, I let me just you know because I've been taking notes on raw. So let me give you my quick notes. So one, Seth deserves the entry into the elimination match over Kevin Owens, which we already mentioned earlier. But Kevin Owens is obviously a little bit perturbed about that which is sowing the seeds of discontent, which, of course, throws a monkey wrench into my Seth and KO going for the Tag Team Championships <laughs> anytime soon. But uh, so obviously Seth is not going to get a belt anytime soon because KO is going to, you know, jealousy is going to rear its green face again for old KO. I don't know about that, Jeff. I don't know. I That's... Then KO loses to Austin Theory. Clean. So mm -hmm. Austin Theory, you know, sometimes he loses, sometimes he wins. So, you know, WWE putting over a young star, and, and it's not like he's been pushed, you know, like he's winning everything. He lost to AJ. He's lost a few other matches too. So, I mean, you know, this this could have gone either way. Um, now, of course, then everyone reminds you, well, KO and Sami Zayn don't go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, at least they haven't in the past, and they probably won't in the future either. So, now it makes sense, but still, KO put over Austin Theory. So, good. So, there's two of your spots. We had the opening segment with Brock and Lashley, which was okay. Um, Brock was good. I, Lashley's suit was great. Yes. I'm still, I don't know. You know, I didn't think this segment was as great as it could be, but the, the long and the short of it is that Brock wants to have a rematch with Lashley tonight. Lashley's not giving it to him. Brock's like, don't worry, you know, I can pick whoever I want for WrestleMania, but it's not going to be you. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Roman. I'm mad at Paul. So it's going to be Roman at WrestleMania. Uh, but then Adam Pierce just says it's official because Lashley won't give him a rematch. Uh, Brock, that is, that Brock is officially the number one, he's entrant number one into the Elimination Chamber match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there we go. So we now we have Seth, we have Austin Theory. And Brock Lesnar uh, fairly early on with it with Seth and Brock just being sort of put in there. My other note was that we had the Ronda and Becky uh, promo off. Both of them were terrible. Um, Ronda also spoiled any sort of um, anticipation in the um, not knowing who she's facing at WrestleMania because she says it's going to be Charlotte. It's not going to be Becky. Rebecca, that'll be another time. And then Lita comes out and challenges Becky. So Lita, who was also in the Rumble, and I don't think it was a great showing, but she was in there for a fairly long time. And you know, apparently it wasn't a one and done. And Lita challenges Becky, and Becky accepts after some reluctance and a little confrontation. And so Lita versus Becky at Elimination Chamber. Um, so there wasn't the, that much reluctance because I think they were running up against the end of the show. Yeah. And so it all of the end of Raw seemed really rushed and discombobulated. Which is consistent with the night before. And I'm not, I mean, two nights before, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they still were 
were discombobulated. They still have the uh, after effects from it. But those were my only notes on Raw. So absent that, uh, I mean, listen, well, it was an hour long of the scooter race, which I really don't want to talk about at all. Right, but I think the scooter race is important because it leads to the other qualifying match for Elimination Chamber between Otis and um, Riddle. Right. And Riddle wins the match. Mm-hmm. And so Riddle's part of the Elimination Chamber. Yep. Not a bad and match. Not a bad match. Um, I think that was surprising to me, I guess, because everybody was harping that Riddle should have won the match. There were rumors that Riddle was originally supposed to win the match. No, he shouldn't have, and no, he wasn't. That's nonsense. I can tell you that I've got it on good authority that there was no definitive decision as of a couple weeks ago of who was going to win, including Riddle. Um, I I have it on good authorities that there was never serious consideration for Riddle. He wasn't, he wasn't really even in there thinking. Yeah. Again, like they needed big names to win, to carry this rumble and also carry into WrestleMania. So now, did we name all the people that are in the elimination chamber? No, we have one spot. I do want to say one thing about this because this is the hypocrisy of wrestling fans. People are watching the scooter race thing and everyone is praising Chad Gable. And yeah, he's funny. He has good comedic timing. Yes, he's funny. He reminds shoot, you of a young, a young, small Kirk angle. Yeah, no kidding. We've known this for years. This is this isn't breaking news. Back to the who's my who's Kurt Angle's son. Oh, it shouldn't have been Jason Jordan. It should have been, it should have been Chad Gable. We know he's funny. We get it. And Riddle's funny too. This was stupid, but everyone was praising him to high heaven. If this was anyone else in this role doing this scooter thing, they'd be going, WWE is so stupid. And it's, that sport, that's the difference between sports entertainment and wrestling. You know what? In that case, they would have been right. <laughs> because, <laughs> because this was a dumb, dumb segment. This was a just, it was a, it was a dumb, dumb segment for dumb, dumbs. It was, but I think they, I don't know. I liked it. It, it worked. But then again, I was watching it on Fast Forward. Um, it definitely would work better on Fast Forward, like, you know, Gilligan's Island being, Gilligan being chased by the gorilla on the island. <laughs> so we had another qualifying match, AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio. This was a good match. And I liked it because, again, you've you've never really seen these two legends in the, in the ring, and they gave them a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I recommend if you haven't watched that match, go run it back and see if you can watch it. But it was really cool to see these guys get their, get their work in. AJ got his moves in, Ray got his spots in, um, but ultimately AJ wins. And so now he's in the elimination chamber too. Um, so that makes it Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, um, Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, Riddle, AJ Styles. Um, am I forgetting a name? Those are all of them, right? Yeah, there's six. Oh, and Lashley. Right. Uh, which is a shitty way to have to defend your title. Agreed. And so I'm going but to... Was, but that, I'm sorry, but that, that was the best part of Brock's promo saying... It, when I face Roman at WrestleMania, it's going to be title versus title. I, I missed that line when I was talking about it earlier. That's when Adam Pierce made it official. And that, listen, I don't know if they're going to do that or not because I think both networks want a title, but 
for this story, I I can see myself into you know Lashley guy he'll have he'll be a two time champion though whether it's a one month reign or a three month reign because it's not going to be longer than three. I mean he's going to lose that title at WrestleMania. I don't want it to be so. I just think it's going to be so. Um, yeah. But um, title versus title at WrestleMania that sounds pretty cool. I'm just not sure what the down card's going to be without another uh, world title match. Well, here's here's my pitch, Jeff, um, and I haven't heard this theory anywhere else. So I'm going to say this is a Hammerlock Hangover exclusive. Ooh. I'm going to sell you right here. Jeff, you've been a fan of wrestling for a long time. Too long. You've watched the Hogan era, the um, Hogan passed the torch to Warrior, Warrior passed the torch to Undertaker, the Undertaker passed the torch there was Austin, The Rock, Brett. Cena, Brett. WrestleMania is that event that makes your your lead guy, your champion, a bigger superstar. Right. It is about putting that champion over everything. Mm -hmm. And so last year when we had Roman fight two legends in Edge and Daniel Bryan, and he smashed them, and he stacked them, and he pinned them. That's raising Roman to a different level. But this year, how do you get Roman to a different level? You can't put him in another triple threat match, right? Because it was done last year. Mm -hmm. But here, Jeff, mm -hmm. the second time we have WrestleMania, not one night, but two nights. Hit me. I'm going to hit you with this. The winner of the Elimination Chamber is not going to be Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar will fight Roman Reigns on night one at WrestleMania. And the winner of the Elimination Chamber is going to be the guy that worked himself into this story because of Royal Rumble and that's going to be Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is going to win the WWE title and fight Roman Reigns title for title, night two. What puts over Roman Reigns more than Edge and Daniel Bryan is him having to go through Brock night one and then having to fight a champion on night two. So you're no saying other... Roman will be a double champion for 24 hours? I'm saying that... Brock is going to soften up Roman. Roman is going to get by Brock through the skin of his teeth on Saturday and and set up a match between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns for night two so where no you think champion. where you think, oh my God, he's not going to be able to beat Seth Rollins because he's been softened up and he barely got through him uh, at Royal Rumble. So now... We don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I think that the exclusive is going to be that the night one is going to be Nick Aldis against Moose for an impact versus NWA unification <laughs> match. Buy. That's not how. Yeah, you know when that's going to happen is down the fucking road in uh, the downtown, uh, whatever Civic oh, Center is at on oh, Dallas. Oh, you're right. Jonathan Gresham, it's going to be a triple threat with the Ring of Honor championship on, on the line as well. Oh, I'm Fatal 4-Way sure with, uh, with Mox. I'm, well, I'm pretty sure that I could I could find my way into the uh, Ring of Honor championship match during the weekend of WrestleMania. 
if you can sponsor a few of their weeks, then sure, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know about that, but I'm not ready to make WrestleMania predictions. Does that Just, not excite yeah. you, though? Does that not really put Roman Reigns over? No, because, because Seth in a main event anywhere the, near the top title makes me growl. It makes me sad. Wow. And I think that it's going to be Seth and Kevin Owens in a grudge match, like a cage match or something. Wow. I just, I'm just telling you, I'm, I, I think that this is going to be the, the match. And I think the story tells itself. They've got a background. They've got history. I don't know what your boner is with Seth Rollins, but the sad He's thing is that work. WWE seems to have the same boner for him. I mean, it's, it's not quite as big as yours is, but it's almost there, like two thirds <laughs> your boner. Um, Thanks. But I don't think that Seth Rollins has any mainstream appeal or interest. I, I think that he, he starts talking, he does that stupid laugh, but even his regular voice, it's just a turnoff. It's it's like nail scratching on a chalkboard. And you his know, little dance? Nothing about him is good. Nothing. It's he's like I would just keep it on. I would just keep it on Lashley, but I'd keep it on Lashley forever. I mean, I, you know, I've I've got I've you know I've got the the uh, Mister Fantastic boner for Lashley, so you know, <laughs> it, it just keeps going and going and going. It's like the Energizer running. All right, um, we're gonna find out. Right. So you know that that's all I got from Raw, and I think that's more than enough. That's all we need. Oh, the last thing that I do want to talk about Raw is like Raw. Uh, you had Bianca versus Carmella in a throwaway match. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it earlier. You think that the money match is still Bianca versus Becky, and therefore Ronda is going to fight Charlotte. Well, Ronda said she's going to fight Charlotte, so. right? And there's a but there's a lot of people saying Ronda's the money matchup is Ronda versus Becky. Absolutely not. And Charlotte will do but some other those business are the with same somebody else. Are, those are the same people who are booking Seth into the main event at WrestleMania. That's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Why are you pointing at me? Because you want Seth in the main event of WrestleMania. I do. I do. I think it it sells tickets. I think it doesn't. It's great. No, it's not. People want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Seth in the main event is going to bring those AEW fans. No, he will not. Yes, he will. No, it's the AEW fans who aren't watching WWE aren't going to watch WWE no matter what. The people, yes, they are. They're going to watch it to to hate it. That's what they usually do. They watch WWE to hate it, so they'll be there watching WrestleMania like they usually are. Uh, What else do they got to do? Take their lady out for a date, please. Those AEW fans will watch anyway. The ones who are completely, you know, sworn off WWE aren't going to watch like a Seth Rollins is in the main event. And on this, I agree with them on that point. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, people think that's the money match. They're wrong. It's not the money match. Nobody knows who Becky Lynch is. They tried. They tried to make her a star. Nobody cares. Nobody Charlotte Flair's a bigger star. Even if Charlotte Flair's not a bigger star, saying Ric Flair's daughter, that's that's a bigger draw than Becky Lynch. Wow. Wow. Ric Flair's daughter from one of his wives, not the one that he just separated from. That I don't right. think he actually formally married. It was just a civil union kind of thing. But well, you know, he might not be smart enough to trademark all his catchphrases and all uh, you know the four horsemen. But he was certainly smart enough not to get remarried recently. So let me tell you going... something. Let me tell you yeah. something, brother. After our conversation with Stephen New, I went on the trademark electronic search system and I typed in the man. And there was 5,000 and something 
trademarks, live, dead, pending, doesn't matter, that had the man in it. I went into every single one that was just the man. Not a single one for Ric Flair, not Richard Fleer, not Ric Flair LLC, which is who he does his bookings through, which, I mean, is his own company. If you ever seen his website, you know, like, he had one of his kids do it. Um, the only one that was pending and abandoned was, was WWE had a couple of them, one for wrestling and one for merchandise, like uh, apparel and shit. But which one is the man for, like, uh, the Van Halen cover band? I didn't I didn't categorize what things were unless they were wrestling. And there were only two out of the many, many I clicked on and, and scrolled down through. So the Manny. You see what that, you did there? Yeah, right, right. It was a Stan the Man, but I didn't look at that because I know that, that wouldn't be the one. That'd be Stan Musial. It might have it could, for all I know, it could be a, you know a chain of tire stores, whatever it was. Stan I never it could be. I didn't didn't look at it. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Ric Flair separated um, again. So Ric Flair again, another fall from grace yet again. Yep, reversal of fortune. Reversal, thank you. Reversal of fortune. A guy and that cannot afford to live alone. And the last guy that we had uh, marked in our reversal of fortune uh, box was Ken Kennedy. Ken Anderson. Right. Mister Kennedy. I I know him as. Mr. Kennedy. Right. Kennedy. He did the same shtick with Anderson. Kennedy. Yeah, he was in the news this week, not for wrestling, because nobody's seen him ever since he got fired from NWA uh, about three years ago. Um, I thought you were going to say since he got fired from WWE. Well, less people have heard of him since then, but he, he was in TNA and maybe Impact and you know bouncing around. Anyway, he was he was in the news this week for allegedly scamming wrestling students over the course of the last couple of years from his wrestling school, um, charging tuition, but the gym wasn't open. Uh, he he might have even been locked out. Uh, he's blaming it on COVID. He said he gave them refunds. They said uh, they we, we didn't get any refunds. Um, I think he made some <laughs> sort of you know some sort of you know half-baked denial or whatever I, I i you know i haven't followed it any further but i think that's i think it's bad enough and i think that we all know that that you know we agree with the students on this one <laughs> we don't need to know more that the many usually are telling the truth over the one wow all when right. the one is a carny that universally a seems to be this carny universally seems to be to be disliked jeff they're all carnies it's, yeah, but the students are learning how to be carnies. They, I mean, so maybe this is their first lesson. Maybe this is their their assignment was come up with a way to us uh, to make me the heel. But um, I don't know. Oh shit! <laughs> learning to be carnies. In other reversal of fortune news, um, you know, from lackluster um, reviews and responses to the Royal Rumble to the earnings call. Uh, WWE scored ref record revenue in 2021, almost $1.1 billion. The first time in company history they've crossed the billion mark, so it was $1 million, uh, $1 billion, $95 million in revenue. Now that's profit, not profit, that's revenue, and that's from all sources, but again, a record-breaking year. And I, you know, I've already heard the course, so why do they have to let so many people go? Or... 
or that's how much you make when you let so many people go. There's there's not enough people there to come close to that number. But yeah, I mean, it's not a good look, but they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for shareholders and potential shareholders. That's right. They're doing it for me. And maybe potential buyers. Who knows? Because Nick Khan has confirmed that they're open for business. They'll field on the offers. And like everyone's like breaking news. Nick Khan said they're good. they'll talk to streaming services. Nick, breaking news. Nick Khan said that they will talk to services in every different country with services. Breaking news to the world. WWE will talk to anybody who's offering them money, any place that they don't have an existing contract or one within a window that they're allowed to renegotiate or negotiate with other parties about. And breaking news that absent something really, really sketchy, really, really sketchy, WWE will sign contracts with the companies that give them the most money over the longest period of time. You know, that's in stark contrast to Tony Khan, who will offer you some money if you just leave WWE. <laughs> Tony Khan has not been exactly frugal with his money. But then again, if, if you know, their renewal is coming up in a couple of years. And listen, if if they stick to around a million and they get their, I mean, they get 47 million a year now for their two shows and four specials from the Warner family. Um, so you know, if, if they get proportionate to what, say, Comcast pays, you know, just for USA, I mean, they, they should get $120 million a year, which, you know, that, that would reverse those fortunes as well. But that's that's a ways down the line. I think it's great news. Good for you, Vince, and good for me for buying the stock earlier this year. Well, well we did not share. When, we, when we had that show, it was around 43 bucks a share. And I'm, I don't know what it is today, but like last I checked, 50. yeah, it was, it was around 49. So listen, if, if you listen to us, even though we said don't take financial advice from us, but if you did listen, you would have made 6 or $7 a share. There you go, which, guys. Which is a pretty good turnaround in three weeks or whatever, or whatever the time span is. That's right. NXT, real quick. Um, I actually really enjoyed most of nxt I, I i think that they rebounded nicely from the week before but there was some stuff that was bad now some of what i thought was bad not everyone thought was bad like people are all over this nikki nikita lyons woman um i think because she's what the kids call thick um <laughs> i think she just makes them horny um i didn't <laughs> like her vignette i didn't think her promo was very good i i, I would categorize that as bad but a lot of people are either sincerely think it's good or pretending it was good because they, you know, think she's hot like they thought Tony Storm was good because they thought she was hot. Um, there was night-long bullying and tormenting, stalking, and criminal behavior by Kaylee Ray or Kaylee Ray, KLR, uh, which sounds like a terrorist name, and it should because she was being a terrorist. Somehow she managed to um, take out... Uh, the, the tag team champions who got into the back of an SUV when she was in the front seat. Um, so they, they, apparently they couldn't defend her uh, that way. Um, and then she was uh, chasing um, Mandy Rose. And this was a little bit annoying, but there was a, a particularly funny part of it where they had the, that new tag team of Malik Blade and uh, Idris Anofi who, you know, they both have things for Mandy Rose and they were, you know, the one guy always never has a shirt on. He's always flexing. And they're talking about Mandy Rose and Malik Blade was doing like a prayer thing. Oh Lord, please let Mandy Rose drop into my arms. And 
at that moment, she walks into the room and, and Kaylee Ray is chasing her. She's afraid and she trips and she falls right into Malik Blade's arms. He's, he's oh my God, thank you, God, thank you, God. And then the, <laughs> the chase ensues and, and Anoki's like, come on, let's go follow him. Let's go follow him. He's like, there's your girl, Mandy Rose. I, 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 Kaylee Ray, that's okay. I can do Kaylee Ray. And Malik Blade's, I can't. He's like, no, come on. What do you mean? It was Mandy Rose. He goes, you don't understand. I can't go now, implying that he was um, sporting some wood. I hear that. I and, need to go and, run. I, and, I need to go watch this. Yeah, that, that that was fine. But you know, you know, they also had spaghetti pouring on her, and there was a cake. So of course, her face went into the cake, and she was slipping and sliding on the fall. So it sounds you know, just were... like uh, Shawn Michaels and Bruce Pritchard. Right. Well, I mean, recently this famously happened to Tony Storm, and of course that's reasons to, you know, she's being buried, and that's re- that's good reason for her to quit. It just happens to the NXT champion. So, I mean, come on. It's just, food falling on people is nothing new in wrestling. Did um, you see that, speaking of Tony Storm, uh, you know, friend of the show, uh, she... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> yeah, that broke you. <laughs> I, I just got that. So, um... Uh, did you see that she's taking bookings now? Yes, I saw that she's taking bookings, but conveniently enough, the only picture was of her on a beach in a in a in a bathing suit. I, but she didn't even show her face. Like yeah. she's uh, her her face is underneath this sun hat. Like you don't right, even know that it's her. Right, and you know what? She still doesn't have boobs. I'm still not interested. So, um, wow. taking independent bookings. I was like, yeah, that's what freedom's like. Okay, okay, great. Um, all right, so the other thing is they, they have this new guy, Draco. I, 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 his last name escapes me. So he's Malfoy. the guy who several weeks who had a vignette in a diner. I'm like, oh, great, another small guy, because I was complaining that they promised me six foot two, 230 guys, and they keep giving me, you know, not six foot two, 230 guys. Anyway, so they, they he made a big deal about he was a Marine and they showed him training and all that other good stuff. You know, he proudly served his country for four years. And he's in the ring, and he looks pretty good. He's he's going against Andre Chase. Um, and so it was Andre Chase. You assume he's going to lose because that's what he does. But no, Andre Chase won um, without interference, which is fine. You know, the newer guy does the honors. That's all right. And Andre Chase can't lose every match, or you're going to assume he will lose every match. But the guy, Draco, who's a Marine, at some point steps and sort of drags his foot on the Chase University flag. Now, I get it's not a real university. It's not a real flag. But that's not a very Marine-like thing to do, to step on another flag. I mean, generally, the code of honor is that you don't step on flags. You treat them with respect, even of an enemy. So the match wasn't particularly good. I'm not really digging the Draco guy. I don't really much like Andre Chase, especially as a wrestler, as a, as a you know, as a Bobby Heenan type. type. He'll never be as good as Bobby Heenan. Nobody could. But as a comedic manager who gets involved and can take bumps, kind of big mouth, you know, I think as a manager, that would work. And then the other part that was bad was the whole Tiffany Stratton thing. I think that's her name, Stratton. Uh, with yep. Her interaction with Amari, is it Miller? I don't know. She's the former WNBA player who was facing Michelle or Wendy Chu, who's, you know, doing the sleeping gimmick, which is starting to lose its humor for me. Um I I loved it, but the, not this whole this this segment didn't work for me. I mean, it was a little bit funny at the end. There was a lot of loud overacting. I understand that that's what they trained them to do for when they were in big arenas with, you know, the conceit ten to twenty thousand people as opposed to the four hundred people in the in the studio. So 
I, I get it. I understand that, that that's how they're trying to hardwire them, but it's it it just came off as bad acting. Um, but absent those things, I thought NXT was actually a pretty good show, despite me only talking about the bad stuff. Because you know, I talk about the good stuff. But NXT and you know their ratings went up, which most shows' ratings went up, but not all uh, this week. So that brings us to not all AEW. This is true, but they're they're not the only ones. But um, yeah, um, so that brings us to Dynamite. And uh, are you still on uh, your your sanctions where you're boycotting it, or did, or did you actually see Dynamite? I actually watched uh, this uh, putrid main event because I was bored and had nothing better to do. Now, what are you calling the main event? Because people are telling me the Dynamite opens with the main event, but I still consider main events to be main events. Um, I guess it, it changes from week to week. So the main event of this episode was, in fact, the last match of the show, which was uh, MJF versus CM Funk. And uh, I hated this match. It was 40 minutes long, and it should have been 10 minutes. The first finish of the match should have been the finish. I don't understand why they needed to do a, a, a fake finish. This is exactly what you were saying is a dusty finish yeah. where MJF is uh, cheating, but then the ref doesn't see it. But then he right. does he's, using, see it. he's using tape to choke out CM Punk, and it worked. And but the tape is blocked because because uh, MJF has like an oversized like arm brace on or, or glove on some something like that that was blocking the obstructing the view. And then Wardlow come they, they restart the match. At this point, I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous." Just fucking give MJF the win. And right, it should have been a disqualification, if anything. But they don't like to do DQs. So. Right, so then. Wardlow um, comes in looking reluctant. Yes, and sneaks the ring to, to MJF. So so sneaky, in fact, that or or bad camera work that you don't even catch the fact that he tossed it to MJF. It yeah. takes like after the match is over for the replay to show you and Shivani to beat you over the head with it. Right. I, I didn't see it the first time around. The, the camera was in the wrong place. Right. So, um, it was a good. I, it was a good cold drop. Listen, all I can say is, kudos to MJF. He's now two and zero against uh, CM Punk. Good for him. Now, hopefully, we never see CM Punk again. Right. I, I do want to say one thing. I, I mean, I disagree with you. I, I thought the match was pretty good, and I went into it. I was really tired. I was really zonked, and. So when I saw this match starting at 9.13, I'm like, this is going to be a swerve. This is not a real match. They're going to save this for the pay-per-view. So I was sort of always ready for it then. So I agree with you that I thought it was too long. But then I, I went back and I watched it. And it wasn't. It was it was a good match with good old-fashioned storytelling. Yeah, I thought that the first start and stop ending was a little bit goofy. But, I, you know, it, I'm going to call it NWA booking again. I think it's fun. I think it's fine. The only thing I take, I take umbrage with is how... Everyone is saying that CM Punk, CM Punk put MJF over. No, he didn't. I mean, and I'm okay with <laughs> I, I think I think that everything they did 
was fine. I mean, you know, aside from the little nitpick there in the middle, but it's fine. It's okay. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think the story is good just the way it was. But he didn't put him over. To put him over would be that he pinned him clean or submitted him clean one, two, three. Not that he cheated twice to win. I mean, cheating twice, that protects CM Punk. That's not putting someone over is the opposite of that. You losing isn't putting them over. Putting them over is you lose relatively clean. Right. And or they lose, but they lose really valiantly. So valiantly that you have to give that sign of respect nod at the end or whatever it is. Right. You know, right. sort of sort of the Bret Hart, Steve Austin thing that's that's so famous. Anyway, aside from that, I, I did I thought the match was okay. Um, no, good. I thought it was good. Um the opening match was supposed to be Moxley Brian Kendrick. It ended up being Moxley Wheel Yuta. It was another 10-minute match that should have been four minutes. Um Yuta came out with Orange Cassidy uh, and Dan Housen. So there was, you know, so now they've got these two guys who really shouldn't be together being together. I mean, actually, in a world that makes sense, it does make sense they're together. But in wrestling, since they're sort of playing to the same audience, they, they should be divided. Um, anyway, Dan Housen put his hex or whatever on Moxley at some point. But it, it, anyway, Moxley won as he should have. And then Daniel Bryan comes, I'm sorry, Bryan Danielson comes in the ring applauding and, you know, and everyone's getting hyped and excited for it. And Moxley's doing his pace and then with his Al Bundy scowl and all that. And basically Bryan says, listen, everyone wants us to fight and I want to fight you too, but I don't anymore. Actually, you see what's going on here? You know, you, they had you come out with a guy with two jokes here. You and I, we could run this place, basically a two man power trip. If we want to be tag team champions, we'd be tag team champions. If, you know, a, a millennial cowboy shouldn't be the world champion. Somebody dressed up as a dinosaur shouldn't be a tag team champion. A guy whose most impressive uh, contribution to society is doing a vlog shouldn't be the TNT champion. So you should be the champion. If you want to be champion, you should be champion. If we want to be, you know, so he's saying we could run this place. We could do it all. And imagine if Wheeler Yuta, who you just bet, faced, wasn't with jokes. Or what could happen if Daniel Garcia wasn't with 2.0, but we were mentoring him. Or Lee Moriarty wasn't hanging out with Matt Seidel. If we could groom some of these people and turn into real wrestling, we get away from all of all, all of these uh, dancers and, and whatever. And basically he was doing, you know, the, the Jim Cornette, Dan Lambert thing. And it was, I mean... I think it worked pretty well. Moxley, you know, wouldn't shake his hand. He wouldn't say yeah, yes. He wouldn't say no. Uh, you know, he didn't look particularly intrigued. But this could, you know, you know, this this could go either way. Um, then we get Adam Cole doing his promo. Of course, he's still undefeated because the lights out match doesn't count. It was unsanctioned. He didn't actually say that. He forgot to say that. But he said check the record. So I guess a, either he forgot or he figured that smart wrestling fans know that. Um, but that's the kind of thing you're supposed to mention. He's like, and I'm going to prove that I'm still at the top of my game this week on Rampage when I face Evil Uno. What? <laughs> I saw someone post, what are you making fun of? He's going to go through the dark order to get out, get to Paige just like Danielson had to. Oh God. Nope. People, that story though. That isn't it. They just, they, just, they just didn't know what else to do. Um, but... Okay, it's fine. Evil Uno is a is a goofy choice. No, but, it's not fine, Jeff. It's not fine. I mean, you know, there are other people in the Dark Order which which are better, who are better wrestlers and be more interesting. I mean, has I, I don't think I've seen Stu Grayson in five months, but you know, anyway, <laughs> it, it doesn't. So the next thing was Brandy in the ring, 
doing her brandy thing where she knows she's a heel, but but she really, really, really wants to be a face. And why don't people like her? She hardly gets started, and Dan Lambert comes out. So I like what Brian was doing. I like what Dan Lambert's doing. But basically in back-to-back segments, the same thing. It was it was too close, and Lambert was in another segment. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand what they – listen, I get AEW gives people creative freedom to do more of what they want, and, and they've had that this problem before. They've had the same stories going on at the same time, very similar segments, very similar booking. Mm-hmm. And they sort of booked themselves into a corner. First of all, you can't say no to Brian, um, but he'd probably say no. But they obviously hired Paige Van Zandt to be there that night. So they had to do the Brandy segment because you know Brandy wasn't not taking her spot. Brandy, Brandy wants to be on TV. She's going to be on TV. So Lambert comes out. He's still doing the Brandy. You're a skank. People are yelling at Brandy, shut the fuck up. I mean, it's the weirdest thing because I think they actually think that if Lambert is terrible and obnoxious enough, that the worm will actually turn and people will start cheering Brandy. No, they won't. They, they can boo both, but they prefer it's Lambert. Gonna a, it's going to be a double switch. Yeah, they know that Lambert is playing a character anyway. So Brandy wants to get in Lambert's face, and Lambert's like, I have a surprise for you. Paige Van Zandt, Van Zandt comes out. I'm not sure that anybody really knows who she is. I don't know who she is. She's wearing a Gucci belt, which sort of impeaches her of being like, you know, a rugged, tough girl. Um, she did leave America's top 10 to open her own gym, but it must be on good terms. Anyway, I guess we're going to get Paige Van Zandt versus Brandy, two people who don't really know how to professionally wrestle. Oof. So that, that's really fun. Um, in no particular order, we now have the House of the Rising Black Kings of the Knights of the Lords of the Ring. This Malachi Black and Brody King faction, who I like, I like them as a team. One complaint, they're, they're relying too much on the mist for guys who shouldn't have to rely on the mist every single time. Secondly, they call, they're they calling themselves like House of, of the Black King, but on the scroll it said House of the Knights of the Black King. Or oh, whatever, my God. Whatever, whatever the announcer said and whatever it's the written words were were different. Whatever it is, it's too long. Just be House of Black. That's enough. Just House of Black. Um, anyway, they, they face Penta and... Um, Pac, Pac was pretending to be blind. Lo and behold, he wasn't blind. It was a ruse. Woo, shocker. Uh, no color <laughs> contact lenses or anything like that. Anyway, uh, uh, um, Malachi Black. I mean, pretty good match, uh, as it should be with these guys. Uh, I don't think Brody King got m- much offense in at all. Malachi Black shoots the Black Mist into Penta's mask, which doesn't do <laughs> and, and so they, you know, they win that way through cheating. So... Nothing about Varsity Blondes, which is fine. Nothing about Julia Hart, which is fine. You know, no Phoenix, you know, even with a sling, you know, nothing like that. So, uh, oh God, again, Jeff, sounds like I didn't miss much. Actually, the show was pretty entertaining. There was just, there was this, just those two similar segments was, I mean, little stuff. But then there was Jericho complaining about Santa, Santana Ortiz. So next week, they're going to have another inner circle meeting in the ring and attendance is mandatory, especially for you, Santana Ortiz. So it's mandatory, especially for you two guys. So, I mean, but another, I mean, I didn't even know the inner circle is still a thing, <laughs> but so, you know, they did this about 14 times last year. They had to go to Vegas. They had meetings, they had you know, whatever it was. Um, but I don't even remember what they called all their different events where they had to, you know, talk it out. You know, spe- speaking of which I want to just mention, your thoughts on who is a superstar again because 
Jericho mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, right? <clears throat> that WWE, he, it came out earlier this week that he was very critical of WWE. Hey, yeah, they're great, but, you know, I love working there, but every time I watch, they can't make stars. Jeff, what stars has AEW made? <laughs> That's an interesting question because if it's within the world of AEW fans or hardcore wrestling fans, arguably, I mean, MJF, arguably Darby, maybe Orange Cassidy, I, you know. But, Jeff, if it is MJF, how come he couldn't pull, him and Punk couldn't pull over a $1 million? That's a really good question. Um, but forget about that. A star is someone that transcends one company. Um, MJF may do that. Darby may do. I think they've both been referenced on WWE programming. But a real star is someone that transcends just wrestling. That there is a fair chance that a non-wrestling fan might know their name. And I would argue that there aren't many stars in wrestling, period. And that one of them is Brock Lesnar. One of them is Roman Reigns. One of them is Randy Orton, and another is Charlotte Flair. Sasha Banks. I don't know that I don't know that people know the name and the face together, but maybe. I mean, Ronda Rousey, if you consider her a wrestler, okay. I think that's sort of where it begins and ends. Period. I, I don't think Chris Jericho is in that. I know Chris Jericho is not an because I've done Google Trust. I mean, Nikki Bella probably is the next, but she's not an active wrestler either. I mean, of course, John Cena, but he's not an active wrestler. Edge is not there. AJ Styles is not there. Kenny Omega is not there. Cody Rhodes isn't there. I mean, none of them. Uh, hmm. Goldust is still more famous than Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. If it's within wrestling, yeah, they've done okay. But have they done so much? I mean, it, is Darby in, a, in such a superior place to Austin Theory? Now, now that, this Austin Theory thing is rather recent. You know, uh, how young is Gable? How young is Otis? I don't know. Are they stars? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I think everything is different in WWE. It, it, it's really about getting families to come to shows. Yes. And buying right. shit. AEW is, is about getting people to watch it weekly. WWE should try to do both. Uh, and frankly, AEW should probably try to do both as well. But I think WWE needs to try to do both more because you can build from the center. It's hard to build towards the center from, from the periphery. Anyway, yeah. back to Dynamite. Andrade and the Andrade-Hardy family office stuff is a botched mess. Um, Matt Hardy's furious with um, Private Party for not bringing the tag team championships hold, uh, home. They're embarrassed. Everyone's embarrassed. So as punishment... Isaiah Cassidy, you are going to face Sammy Guevara for the TNT title this week on Rampage. And then Andrade walks in and, you know, all he cares about is money. And Matt Hardy's like, how come Darby isn't here? And Andrade's like, well, maybe you didn't offer him enough money. Give me more money and I'll I'll bring him in. I mean, I don't know. It's just I, I, Andrade is not working very hard for his money, so kudos to him. But, I mean... <laughs> This is it's in real life bizarre. and in, in booking. Yeah, I mean, it's just so stupid, though. I mean, this this parent is stupid. I mean, it's like each thing they give him is less interesting than the thing before. That almost makes the thing before seem like it was good. 
Like, I wish that they went back to him wanting to beat up the Seidel brothers. And I'm like, why is he wasting time with the Seidels? Now it's like, I wish he was feuding with the Seidels. <laughs> it's just, I mean, why wouldn't it be Andrade going for the TNT title? I mean, maybe they're going to build for that. But, I mean, you know when it's a tag team wrestler that they don't have a chance. The Blade standing behind him doing nothing. His partner's out with an injury. At least say make it the blade, you know. Okay, blade, you're up. They they had their chance. You're up. I mean, something that makes sense. Um, now I I know AW course is going to say, well, they're trying to make young stars, and Isaiah Cassidy's a young star. Well, that bean pole's never a star, but still, it's it's it, it, it's dumb. All right. So then Adam Page comes out, still doing his cowboy thing, wearing the share ja- tassel jacket, the suede jacket. Um, so Dan Lambert comes out again with Jake Roberts. They're, they're basically almost walking into each other, tripping over each other, talking over each other. There's definitely one too many voices there. It makes no sense. You can barely hear Jake, but, you know, and he's still, I mean, he's still speaking like it's 1991. You know, he's he's saying things that are, you know, almost going to cross the line. Oh, my God. Um, Like, Lambert could get away with it because, like, it's so obvious a character. I guess Jake is so convincing, or he really is a dick, but it's one too many people. Anyway, Archer comes out. He's like, screw you guys, enough talking. He basically almost steamrolls both of his own managers over, goes after Paige, does a a pretty good, you know, like, razor's edge, but reverse thing on the outside to Adam Page through through the table, lays him out, and they're going to have a Texas death match, which made sense if it was in Texas. Uh, Lance Archer apparently is from Texas, but the the cards in Atlantic Beach. So why couldn't they call it like a boardwalk brawl? Because that'd be too easy, Jeff. Right, a Jersey Jam. I I, I don't know. Whatever Texas Deathmatch in New Jersey. I mean, you couldn't call it a Jersey Street fight. I, I I don't. I mean, just stuff like that. We already talked about Punk. There was no, no debut, and if it was Brian Kendrick, I think that people were expecting two debuts because you know it was made too early. Um, yeah, we already talked about that. Um, by the way, if anyone wants to look up the various Who's the Man um, trademarks, none for Richard Fleer or any version. For WWE, oh. there's two dead ones, 885-9-3309, 885-89361. As far as ones that are still alive that I guess aren't going to be renewed or aren't being or are brand new and aren't going to be pursued, 900-49207. 908 72980 908 7273 908 7224 900 4931 Those are your winning lotto numbers. <laughs> For all of the lottos. All of them. Just all of the lottos. So that was Dynamite. Um, I, I am Dynamite current... has something to be scared of, is the fact that they this is their lowest uh, number since going to Dynamite or TBS. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about ratings yet, but yeah, they they dropped from one point one million down to nine fifty four. I mean, yes and no because they're they're so exuberant that they always think up is going to be up. To me, they Beach Break was like a pay per view, like they and they do this. They they give away pay per views from time to time. NXT does the same thing. I'm not saying that as a pejorative. I think it's cool, um, and they deliver. I mean, titles change hands on uh, on TV. Right. Um, but the pay-per-view isn't going to necessarily keep the viewers. So when they drop back to 954, I think 954 is good for them. I know AW fans think that they should be doing one and a half million and 
blame it on South Park and whatever. But AEW fans are too sensitive to be watching the South Olympics. Park. The right, the Olympics. Like anybody's watching that shit. Um, <laughs> whatever, because I think nine fifty four is a is a damn good number. Um, you know, I. I I keep waiting for them to ebb back down to the 850 mark, which is where I said they're going to be. So they're overperforming as far as I'm concerned. But I don't think anybody should be upset with 954. That's on the that's on the high side of their historic performance. So, you know, no problem. And if it is the Olympics, I guess we'll find out in what, four weeks? What, isn't it two? I have no idea when the Olympics end. Oh, you're not I an mean, Olympic mark? It'll be two more Wednesdays, right? So it'll be three Wednesdays. Oh, see, now you're, that's, yeah, I, I don't know how to count like that. Me either. So I wouldn't be nervous, but I, I, but they're probably disappointed, but I wouldn't be. I hate to say it, but I wouldn't. Um, there's a whole bunch of little news, but why don't I just do the ratings for everyone now just to get it out yeah. of the way? Impact went up by sixty thousand to one hundred eighty-two thousand. Thanks, uh, Vince. Yep, yeah, thank you, know, Mickey. I don't know if it's going to last. We'll see. Um, they're on. To, they're on tonight. Uh, the ratings will come out probably tomorrow or Monday. Um, this is not. You know, the the debut of Kenny Omega was two twenty, and they. I think they exceeded. They had more than one hundred eighty-two one other time within the last year, maybe February of last year. But it's the highest they've done in something like, you know, 40 weeks or whatever. So, okay, maybe, you know, probably thanks, Vince. Um, we'll see. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling aired its second show after Impact. I don't know if it was new content or a rerun. I didn't even look into it. I don't know. But it went down 22,000 to 66,000. So last week it was 82,000. So even with a full one-third increase by Impact, they actually went down by a full... 25% um, despite that. So that doesn't Thanks, bode. <laughs> that doesn't bode so well for New Japan. SmackDown went down by 40,000. That was the, the go home show um, to Royal Rumble, but still a respectable 2.217 million. Rampage did 601,000, which was up 7,000. So about the same, but a little bit up. Raw did 1.865 million, up 110,000. So that was the show after Royal Rumble. So Obviously, there was some rock excitement, and and I think I said last week that without football, that the one point seven score was a should be considered a loss. And if they don't go up into the higher, you know, they should be really concerned. Um, I think I said one point nine two is where they should be targeting. I guess they were in shot of one point nine. I you know it's still not impressive, but up one hundred and ten thousand. I don't know if the Olympics were on Monday night either. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I don't care about the Olympics, so I sort of Olympics. In my mind. Yeah, I, I accept that people might watch the Olympics if it's if it's ten percent like other sports, then add one hundred eighty thousand to it, and then I guess you get right in my target. But we'll again, we'll know in three weeks. NXT went up by twenty six thousand to six nineteen, so good for them. We're to talk about Dynamite, NWA the last three weeks. Now last week was like a weird show. I don't think it was their regular. Uh, Empower or not Empower Power episode, though they called it Power and they numbered it the same, but it's only a 20,000. Um, two, two episodes ago, only at 50,000, and three episodes ago, 115,000. Their next new episode airs well, now tonight, Friday night, the fourth. Um, MLW, their, their newest episode aired 
while we were recording uh, or a little bit after uh, February 3rd, Thursday. So the episode before that, uh, 66,000, two weeks ago, 87,000, three weeks ago, 95,000. So while MLW starts quicker than NWA, it seems like NWA finishes better than MLW. Um, dark and Elevation uh, dropping down. Dark 249, 300, 407, and Elevation 269, 284, and 283 respectively so the youtube shows you know it seems like all of the youtube shows are taking a hit from all of the prime olympics oh sorry maybe it's olympics too but uh i don't think the olympics air until prime time and and these these shows are on youtube anyway i know you're being sarcastic um (laughs) a little bit of peacock news uh peacock on whole lost a lot of money. I think it was something like $1.7 billion or something like that, or whatever it was. But apparently this is part of their plan. They were, they're were they not even planning to hit break even until 2025, and they've actually said that it might take longer. This is a lost leader. Um, has nothing to do with WWE itself. In fact, WWE seems to be performing pretty well. They get a lot of traffic. Um, and the losses are only allocated towards they're paying subscribers, nothing towards what they may or may not get from Comcast, nothing about what Comcast may or may not get in terms of gains in people buying Comcast cable because we'll probably miss Peacock's on it, nothing about advertising revenues or sponsorship or anything like that. And there are ads on Peacock. So, I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily a net loss, but it's a net loss based on the direct uh, subscription revenues anyway that's probably more than most people care about um (laughs) kurt angle has said and he's sort of said things before but he said that he is preparing to come back to work with wwe and that it should be by wrestlemania wouldn't surprise me he's a throwback and he's a big name people have a lot of love for kurt angle i could see something where sonya gets relieved of her duties due to abuse of discretion and they put Kurt Angle on Raw and Adam Pierce with SmackDown or some something along those lines. Or the opposite, maybe Kurt Angle on SmackDown so he can, you know, do something with Baron Corbin. I, I just can't wait till uh, Kurt Angle uh, shows up uh, and then we get the rumors that Kurt Angle booked himself into a bunch of stuff and that backstage they hate Kurt Angle and that this Kurt Angle's going to show up on every Monday Night Raw, then not show up at Raw at all, and then, air quotes, be quietly released. Exactly. In other WWE and WWE-related ancillary news bits and rumors, Matt Hardy reported for Jeff Hardy that he was offered a spot on the Hall of Fame uh, because his drug test finally came back clean, but Jeff Hardy rejected it because he wants to wrestle again no clean drug test was provided i think matt hardy said the wwe refused to give jeff hardy a copy of the drug test result which i think is illegal i don't believe it anyway anyway nothing has precluded jeff hardy from getting his own drug test for the last two months right (laughs) and they said repeatedly that he was getting drug tests to prove he was clean nothing has been proven and it's all Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's doing all the talking. Um, I don't know. This this is this, odd. This, so, yeah, something ain't right. Just just like what was it? The stereo MCs say something ain't right. 
Listen, <laughs> I know that the rest of the world has moved on, and they said, "See, Jeff Hardy's fine. WWE was wrong." I I hope you're all right. I sincerely do. Right. Right. Um, Nia Jackson, in an interview with Renee, said that that the WWE called her up and asked her to be part of the Rumble, and she said, "You're already paying me under the non-compete. Not like they wouldn't pay her more to appear that appear that way. That's not how." businesses work which is impeachment number one and she said no fuck you i'm not doing it okay nobody from wwe called her to ask her to be there this is a lie she's telling you, a lie. well let's let's assume that it was real if she's on this 90 day non-compete and then she shows up at the rumble doesn't that in essence restart the 90 days clock it wouldn't have to not not if they specifically said it's it doesn't restart and if it was a just a pay for one appearance kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. I mean, they can write whatever they want into a, a contract or a rider or whatever. Um, speaking of non-competes, almost all of non-competes, the 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 30-day ones, the 90-day ones, almost all of them are done as of 20 minutes ago or um, yeah, about 20 minutes ago our time. So Thursday, the well, Friday the fourth at the stroke of midnight. Uh, some of the later ones like Samoa Joe and Steven Regal are, I think one is Saturday, the other is Sunday. Um, hmm. But like your killer crosses, your Keith Lee's, your Ember Moon, who's going by Athena now. Um, you know, they've got a match with Thunder Rosa. That's what I have heard on, uh, but it's, it's, it's like an indie show. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I failed to mention that part that that's, key for context right i i think so yes um in similar but the other side of the nia jack story x Pac said that he contacted wwe and said he was ready to go and he wanted to be in the royal rumble but nobody got back to him so he infers that they were not interested in him and good on them and people were tweeting their loss i mean all i ever hear is wwe doesn't make new stars but all all people want is them to bring back these 50 year olds Right. I mean, it, it, it's so weird. I, I mean, and this is not just WW fans. I'm hearing across the board. And, and like, AW fans, don't pretend it's not you. Every time there's a battle royal and somebody bumps into Billy Gunn and he stands up and he's a foot and a half bigger than they are, you all pop just the same. They do that spot in every single battle royal they can. Um, and I know you don't like big men in, in AW, but... When Powerhouse Hobbs and Lance Archer faced off in the AW, or Wardlow, I think it was, that got the biggest roar of the night. Uh, right. You really do like to see superheroes fighting each other. You just don't want to admit it. Um, the other announcement was that Goldberg is being brought in for his other match. I have heard that it's going to be against Roman in the Elimination Chamber. I don't know if that was a report or just speculation. I, I truly have no idea that this, this broke... This evening, shortly before we went on air, I had other things to do. Whatever it is, we knew Goldberg was coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saudi Princeton Ashram, we can neither confirm nor deny at the time of recording that it's going to be with Roman in an Elimination Chamber match. Um, I hope but, it's not because, you know, I don't want to see that. I, I hope it is because then it'd be done we're done with goldberg that's his three matches he's done bye yeah but but you could have goldberg against someone else like edge spear versus spear i i mean i i don't i don't mind goldberg always coming back i don't love it but i don't i do mind him coming back and and 
walking right into a title match. I find that I find that offensive on the, on a wrestling level. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Other news that is not WWE related. Uh, the Briscoes are the first inductees into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Chase Owens has re-signed with New Japan. That's exciting. Um, the Best of Los Angeles card it ran uh, during Wrestle. Um, I'm sorry, Royal Rumble weekend. Um, there were some spots that people were talking about that were great. They weren't great. I saw them. They were, they were <laughs> sloppy and dangerous. Uh, basically, Daniel Garcia won the Best of Los Angeles Cup. That, that's that's the only result you need to know about. The other news is that Leo Rush was injured in the Best Best of Los Angeles event, and he's going to be out for some number of months. Um, in AW news, Rio broke her collarbone, and she's headed back to Japan. She's also expected to miss three months. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gresham won his match at Best of LA. Uh, no, Jonathan Gresham, I think, didn't make it. I think he. I think he. Uh, um, wait, no, that's GCW. I think he did. Anyway, talking too much about Jonathan Gresham. Most of you don't care. Um, so yeah, that that's that's the news as I got it. You got anything that's else? It. No, I don't. I think it's been a quite a quiet week this oh, week. So hold on. hold on, big news. Larry D wrongfully convicted after confessing to shooty Johnny Bravo in Impact requested his release from Impact. What? Yep, no. Larry D requested his release from Impact. It, as far as I know, it has not been granted yet. And Free Ali still seems to be out there, but maybe like 10% versus 90% like a week and a half ago. Oh, no. Yeah, it looks like that steam is going. A lot of people are saying... WWE said that they have they see a value in him and but they have nothing from creatively now and people people can't hold those two thoughts in their heads that they might not have something in mind for him now but they see a value in him down down the line uh, and Veer still has not arrived and we still don't know where Elias. Oh, oh no! But did you see that he happened to be in a ring? Yeah, he's yeah he's been in main he's event a dark match. Yeah, he's, he's been on main event a few times, which is which just adds to the stupidity of this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. I got I got nothing else. All right. Jeff, let's take it home, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been episode 70 of uh, the Hammerlock Hangover. Jeff, uh, final plugs. Garden of Doom. A lot of fun episodes uh, up there and, and coming out. Going to do an episode this week. I'm not sure if that's the one I'm going to release, but it's, it's going to be on... Uh, Norse mythology. I also have an interview with someone who's going to talk about Native American lore as well. So I'm actually recording two this weekend. Uh, and I released an episode with a the director of the Law of the Sea Institute of Berkeley Law on the Law of the Sea. Um, so that's interested, interesting if you're interested in um, international law about waters and resources and if you want to build a James Bond lair in, in international water. Um, and I also interviewed a guy, a cryptocurrency guy who's, who's teaching a master's level course on that. And I'll probably release that next week. That's for garden views, but don't worry if you subscribe to garden of doom, you get garden views automatically. Wow. Well, what, when do you expect to have Brian Kendrick on your show? <laughs> well, funny thing is if you asked me a few days ago, he'd be of zero interest to me. If you ask me if I just heard the first part of his of his rant, he'd be he'd fit right in just fine. But the second part is sort of a disqualifier. And between the Sandy Hawk and the Holocaust denial and all that stuff and the Zionist reptilians, uh, 
I mean, unless he wants to make a part of his apology tour. I mean, you know, the garden's view is the guest talks and the audience decides, makes their own decision. Wow. Well, so sure. You, Andrew, if you want to come on, you can talk, but we're not talking about wrestling. Not interested wow. in your wrestling stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, guys, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. That's all I'm the... part Jew, so you better apologize to me. Who, me? Kendrick. Oh. I'm, I mean, Brian Kendrick, not Kendrick Lamar. We cool. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, guys, that's been episode 70. Thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. Please make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Hammerlock Hangover. Please take a look. And uh, what else am I forgetting, Jeff? Uh, Thank you to A-Track Brown for texting me always before something's going to happen and you need to brag about it. So thank you for that. And stay evil, my friends.